Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. Okay, I'll reload it. Oh boy, this is so exciting. Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm waiting guys, all year for this. Shh, shh, guys, I'm sorry. Wait, it's about to start, guys. No, uh, I'm, I'm on, sorry, guys. Happening? I ran in kind of late. I'm, I apologize. Where's DJ okay, go? Oh God, what if I forget a line? You guys, oh, I forget a line. Now. I'm the bird brain here. Guys, someone pass me music. Pass me, pass me, pass me. Get us all in trouble. Anyone have the sheet music? Guys, be quiet. Sorry, I didn't. Guys, is it too late to go to the little dance room? Guys, shh, 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 shh. Come on, we're trying to start. We're going. Guys, shut. My bill is sealed. Thank you.
Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Right down Santa Claus Lane. Ooh, my yeah. voice cracked. <laughs> Mixing and fixing. I don't know the lyrics. I don't know them either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people, they don't even know. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the Christmas Eve music special. Why is it special? Because we play Christmas music. I would say 
Tony style Christmas music, but nevertheless, <laughs> it is Christmas music. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but that's why my face is a logo. It's my show. I'm going to do what I want to do. So, <laughs> right? That's exactly right. Sure. Yeah. And so we decided to do something a little different this year where we were going to take questions from the audience that they want to ask me. So it's an Ask Tony Anything music special. And uh, it's funny though, Jack, is because people, you know, I do Christmas stuff every year, Christmas music special on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I do the Christmas Day special. And I think probably a lot of times people will feel like, oh, Tony loves Christmas. I hate commercialized <laughs> Christmas. I know you do. I always have. I, I've never gotten in the Christmas spirit. I Especially when I was younger, I literally was the Grinch. I was, yep. you know... Ah, oh, humbug. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just hands off Christmas trees, decorating, not my thing, not in the Christmas spirit ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. I know, I know for sure. And it's just like, I, I know people probably think that I, I'm all about Christmas. I'm all about, I'm all about Jesus. I'm all about the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm all about celebrating that, right? Yep. And uh, Tony, you understand that's a pagan. I get it. I get it. Okay. But at some day, during the year, it'd be good to celebrate the birth of your savior. And so why not just do it when everybody else is doing it? But it's, listen, it is what it is. Welcome to America. <laughs> so, but uh, as far as the commercialization of Christmas, I just, mm, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I know at least you, at least Lindsay decorates. Oh, she yeah. And she does a good job. It, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't have her, your house would be uh, the same all year round. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> no lights. <laughs> Christmas aside, if I didn't have her, I'd have like, you know, a beanbag in my living room. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <yeah. laughs> but I mean, like, I was coming home from work uh, this past week. I th- was it this past week or two weeks ago? And uh, I come, I'm coming down the road to my house. I literally almost missed my house because she put Christmas lights up and I was like, <laughs> didn't recognize the house i was like what is this oh, what is man. this I, I don't mind it like i don't get mad that somebody does it i just don't like it like i, I i'm not the guy that likes you know uh, getting some hot cocoa and yeah you don't get into the holiday uh, spirit that's not, not you. at all not at all <laughs> I, it's just like and i used to like i've gotten better especially since i've had the kids but when i first got married and I'd be, you know, driving around, whatever, having to do Christmas shopping, seeing the Christmas decorations on all the streets and everything like that. I was just like, oh, oh, when can we get to January 1st? <laughs> like, I was oh, out, man. tapped out, man. It's just sad. I know. And you're different, though. Like, oh, you're all about gosh. Christmas. Yeah, bring it on. As soon as, as, soon as uh, Halloween's over, Christmas music's playing in my car. Yeah. No matter what. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not like that. I really am not. I mean, every time Halloween's over, I'm thinking, oh, I know it's coming. That's <laughs> why I, th- I think I like Thanksgiving so much because I know it's the last holiday before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to spend as much money on Thanksgiving as you do on Christmas. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and I get to eat, eat, eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so. I usually eat at Christmas, but nothing beats Thanksgiving. No, nothing beats Thanksgiving. Uh, but we have questions that were sent in. And th- the funny thing is that, you know, I'm so busy with, you know, the podcast that I host with, between, you know, Hammer Lane Legends yep. and this show. And uh, I, you know, I don't talk about this publicly a whole lot, but I'll mention it. It's not a big deal. Um, I, I produce other people's podcasts as well. So, I mean, I, I'm very much very busy when it comes to stuff. And so when it came to the Christmas Eve music special, I had an idea in, in my head where I was going to do a Krampus Christmas and I still might do it down the road, but I, it needed more time to marinate. For sure. I, I needed more. I needed some something. It was missing something. So uh, my idea for this year, which we might do in the future, was a, ho- a ho-ho horror Christmas where we were going to feature Krampus, scary Krampus stories. And then 
for the music, instead of Christmas music, I was going to do horror movie characters that were singing cover songs to like popular songs that are out there today <laughs> and it was going to be like why they what like chucky why he kills people kind of thing yeah, you know? some, some of them were a little crazy but they were they were so cool yeah it's, it's a really solid idea for sure and, yeah you know take some time on it that's the kind of thing that I, I played a couple of the songs for the outros to some episodes like baba duke oh, baba duke yeah you know it's yeah. like so and and some people responded to that they're like oh that was a good song where'd you get that i'm like you know i, don't, I have no I, idea i was i was planning on saying these songs for Christmas, but maybe next year we'll do it for Christmas, you know? Yeah. So what we're going to do this year is we're just do- taking questions. And what I did was uh, if people want, they can go ahead and join the text message community. That's a text message community. Did you know we have one of those, Jack? I did, actually. Surprisingly. Are you on it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me saying, Jack, do you listen to my show? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I shot a text message out to everybody. Oh, by the way, if you want to join the text message community, it's 844-215-0819. That's 844-215-0819. And all you got to do is text the word YUP, Y-U-P, and you will be automatically added to the text message community and you'll get text messages from me. And so I text everybody that, you know, hey, listen, we're going to do an Ask Tony Anything show because I literally came up with this idea, yeah. what, like a couple of days yeah, ago? a couple of days ago, yeah. And so we got some questions coming in and on Instagram, we posed a question, you know, hey, if you guys want, go ahead and shoot us your questions and, you know, we'll have them on the show. So we got a flood of emails from people who have questions. It's good. Yeah. That's and what we want. So we're going to try to get to as many as possible and might as well start right now. So Jack, who do we have first? The first email we have is from Leanne. Uh, She has two questions for you, and you can answer them both pretty much together at the same time. Uh, She asked, do you think Zach King was being truthful as he knew it? Specifically, the elections are predecided by special organizations. Mm, That's a hot one for this year, isn't it? I know. So first of all, I do think that Zach King was being truthful. That episode was 60-something. That was way back in the day. Long time ago. And uh, I, I would say that... I think he was being truthful, and anybody who I put on the show, I think... How did she phrase it again? How was that question? Truthful. Do you think he was being truthful as he knew it? As he knew it, exactly. So that's how I view things on the show. I, I think that when I'm done talking to somebody, uh, if I feel like they're being truthful to me as they know it, how they view it, because I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I'll always say this. If you literally take an atheist and a priest, and you lock them in a room that's extremely haunted or something, and they have a paranormal experience, they're going to walk out of that room describing it very differently because right. they went into the experience with different worldviews. So I, 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 take, I take that idea and I run with it when it comes to when I do my interviews and stuff because I don't need to agree with somebody's worldview to hear their story and listen to their experience and understand that they had an experience. Whether I view their experience the same way, if we agree on every detail or not, like it's their story. This is what they experienced. So I, I, I'm not there. I can't edit that. But when it, when they're telling me certain things that you know maybe they they attribute uh ghosts strictly to demonic entities or they attribute to let's put it this way they they attribute ghosts strictly to dead people's spirits well i don't think that personally ghosts are strictly dead people's spirits but if they do it doesn't negate the fact that they actually had an experience just because they view it differently than i do does that make sense oh yeah for sure so when it comes to zach king uh 
his experience with the predetermined people who are being elected as presidents, uh, I think that Zach King was telling the truth. And uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, I mean, I could go down an entire road that would take an entire uh, probably five episodes of how I view <laughs> what's happening in the world today. Um, but uh, there's a, let's just put it this way. One word, chicanery. Lots and lots of chicanery. Your new favorite word, huh? I, I Listen, I learned that word like three or four weeks ago. And I was like, that <laughs> word rolls off the tongue beautifully. It has a perfect dis- depiction of what I feel inside with so many different things. So when I see fit, I use the word chicanery. And quite frankly, I use it often. So, <laughs> <laughs> And you saw fit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who was that that uh, asked that question? Uh, Leanne. Thanks, Leanne, for uh, emailing on such short notice. Yeah. All right. So our next question here is from uh, Wolfface2 on IG. Um, Let me just stop there for a second. Wolfface2, everybody needs to go follow him. Wolfface2. Now, that's the number two, right? Not the yeah, word two. Number two. Wolfface2. Yep. He makes handmade knives. Like he had oh, he, blacksmith at his house. He makes knives. In fact, this one right here is a knife of his he sent to me. And uh, just... I love knives. Maybe it's something to do with me being Puerto Rican. I don't know. Maybe. Oh but <laughs> I absolutely love knives. I don't leave home with that one and guns. But hey, you know, so, uh, but absolutely follow him because he really makes cool stuff. And most of his posts are him, you know, hammering away, looking at uh, what he's making. It's really cool. That so, is really cool. Yeah. yeah shout so out to Wolfface 2. So we have here from Wolfface 2 then. Do you guys believe aliens are demons? If so, do you think there is angelic alien? Hmm. Well, uh, Jack, uh, I want to hear your opinion on this too. I wouldn't mind hearing that. You know, give me the eye roll. I wouldn't mind hearing your opinion. Okay. <laughs> Even though we probably won't agree. Right. Um, but all right. So the first part of that question was what? Do you guys believe aliens are demons? Do we believe aliens are demons? Yeah. Uh, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently, given the state of the world and what's been in the news the last three years, especially this year. So uh, three years ago, in 2017, the UFO video, the tic-tac-shaped vid- yeah. U- UFO video came out and it didn't. nobody talked about it. Like we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. But I think we did on one of the live shows, actually. We, we might have, yeah. yeah. But um, as far as like, you know, mainstream media, like that's big news. Like the, the, <laughs> the government's dropping this, right? Yeah. And then it kind of recycled uh, last year. And everybody's like, whoa, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, I saw yeah. this. <laughs> and I think you're the one who sent it to me in a message two years ago, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so uh, there's that. And then even this year, um, and, oh, and also last year, the uh, the the minister of defense, the former minister of defense in Canada had come out and said that we are in contact with alien entities. And uh, then this year we have, I, I think it was the Pentagon. I'm not sure, but one of our government branches came out and said that uh, we have a craft that in our possession that was not made on earth. They said this. Wow. And it was like in June. And I was like, oh, you sneaky dogs. Of course, you're going to drop this in June because it's going to get shoveled underneath the carpet with all the other crap that you want to <laughs> drop. Because right now we're having COVID 24 seven on the, on the cycle news. So of course you're going to say it now because you know, nobody's going to blink at it. Right. Uh, but. Uh, th- that comes out. And then just what, a week or two ago, um, somebody else I- I- in Israel, uh, he, some position, I, I want to, I'll just by default call him the defense minister. I don't know if that's the actual title, but he was in, uh, in that vein, uh, formerly in Israel. And he came out saying that, you know, 
uh, mankind has been in contact with extraterrestrials, but they don't reveal themselves to us because they don't believe that, that human beings are ready for their presence. And so you, you take that stuff and you think about it. And I, you know, I think about a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, do I think that aliens are demonic? I think they could be, uh, but I don't think that necessarily it uh, has to be. Uh, I think that maybe some are and some aren't. So it, it, we get so caught up in the singular mindset of how to view something. Uh, as somebody who's a theist, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe in a higher power, I believe in God. Uh, I don't think that we can confine God into any kind of a box to say that God would or would not do something right? That's why people say, can God make a rock that's so heavy that he can't lift? Like, like we, we try to confine God into our own understanding. And that's something that I think is natural for human beings to do, but uh, he's outside of it. So, you know, when it comes to the idea of aliens, could he have uh, made uh, other beings and other faraway galaxies? Because he's, in my view, he's created it all. He created everything. He right. has his fingerprint on everything. So could he have done that? I don't have any doubt that he could have done that because he can do ever, whatever he pleases. And I don't have to understand it in order for him to do it. Like he doesn't need to run it by me to say, Hey, does it make sense? Uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. I'll pass on that one. Or yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Cool. I'll do it. Like he, like he, he's outside of this existence. Like, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So I, I don't think it's beyond him. Uh, but I do get the more time that's going on, the more the alien phenomenon for me, the way I'm looking at like uh, a biblical prophecy, uh, I think that there's a real possibility that aliens, whether real or not, as far as like extraterrestrial or demonic, mm -hmm. uh, could very well be used as a scapegoat when it comes to uh, a rapture situation uh, with, you know, people who believe in Jesus Christ as their savior. Um, if, if Christ comes back tomorrow and it, everybody's raptured that believes in him, the remaining people. So the Bible says, and correct, correct me if I'm wrong, because dude, you, you're just as knowledgeable in the Bible as I am in, in certain areas of Bible more so. Um, but it, 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 I, this is passed around the Christian circle so much, but is it in the scripture? You tell me. Uh, but when Christ comes back, it's said that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Is that in the scripture or not? Or is that just, you know, Christian culture, you know, fantasy? It is, yeah. Okay. So in that moment, then every knee, meaning whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, in that moment, according to biblical prophecy, every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, so at that moment, they have to acknowledge who he is. Rapture happens. The remaining people here during the tribulation, from what I understand, there's going to be three years of peace. During that three years of peace, now, again, I, I, I've mentioned this before. I don't know if I said it on the show before, but I, I have thought about bringing Pastor Winner's in studio and doing a, a separate podcast, like not an episode, an actual podcast show of his, his teachings on Revelation. That'd be awesome. Uh, I think it'd be fun. Uh, I just got to find time to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But those people that have the three years of peace, I think because we already have uh, a, a manipulated mainstream propaganda slash news, right? So I call mainstream media mainstream propaganda. So if you hear me use that phrase, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but globally, the mainstream media is propagated right now, right now, 2012, right? 2012 happened. The NDAA was adjusted under the Obama administration that made propaganda legal 
to use on American citizens in this country. Why have you not heard about it other than my show and other people's <laughs> shows? Because the mainstream media is not going to tell you that they're allowed to lie to you. Right. So we have a, a huge propaganda machine and I, and, and, and people who buy into it. Okay. So I, lots of people don't even realize that even people who, who try to think alternatively get sucked back into the, the propaganda machine. It's very easy to do. So I think that in that three year peace period before Again, I'm not an expert on Revelation, but before the Antichrist, I guess, reveals himself and starts persecuting the Jews in Israel, um, I think that three-year peace period, the mainstream propaganda is going to spin the return of Jesus Christ as actually Jesus Christ was an alien. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about, look back at the timeline in 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017. We've said that uh, government entities have said they've been in contact with alien entities. Um, Our governments have said they have crashed from other places, not Earth. So we've already established that before this event. We're telling you now that Jesus Christ that, that, that we saw was actually an alien entity that took away all the bigots, all the racists, all those religious bigots off this earth that were holding humanity back so that we can now come together underneath a one world government, a new world order to ascend humanity to the next level. And I'm talking about transhumanism. I think that's that this may be a big push. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, makes sense, makes sense. And they're going to move along with it. That's my personal opinion. I think about this stuff a lot. It's my own theory. I don't think it's going to, I'm not telling you it's going to happen, um, but that's just my theory. I don't know if that even answered the question. Well, so so <laughs> then are you saying that those aliens, the alien like invasion, is that a like demonic or, or a angelic what sort alien of situation? Invasion? That they would be propagating that it's an alien invasion or that right. you know, Jesus was an alien or something like that. Right. What we so, saw was actually an alien invasion. Right. So the question was, do you believe that aliens are demons? Oh, or that okay. Yeah. Be angelic right. aliens. <laughs> right. So if that's the, th- if that's the case that you think that it could be I'm related ADD. Well, that's what I'm saying. You you think it's related or something like that, right? Yeah, I do. Um, as far as the demonic angle of things and stuff, uh, let me rewind. Uh, I think it's entirely possible that God did create other beings on other gal- faraway galaxies uh, because God can do whatever he wants. But I also do believe that there could be alien or what demonic entities masquerading as alien entities, introducing themselves to government entities to, you know, uh, chicanery uh, so, uh but um also there's the theory that I, I i don't know if i believe or don't believe i just know it's out there and you know it's interesting to think on uh when it comes to the dead spirits of the nephilim that the dead spirits of the nephilim are the demons that we have today it talks about that mm-hmm. in e- the book of enoch first enoch and um that they're hungry for a body to um to possess. That's why we have demonic possession. And so some people believe that uh, alien entities are actually just body suits to house demonic entities. Um, so, you know, interesting thought, interesting theories. Um, I, that's why we entertain things on this show, because listen, it, to, to sit back and say that I know, come on. Man. Well, and there's no black and white on these things. We don't know, like, there, there's a lot of gray area when it comes to answering these questions. Yeah. Nobody knows for sure but we can always have these theories on what on the yeah. actual you know what we believe is is going on. Yeah. And and, and so and I I'll, this isn't a question but I'll I'll mention it uh while we're on the topic. That's one of the reasons why I refrain from bringing a lot of quote-unquote researchers on the show because uh so many times uh, after especially people who have been, you know, researching for a long time 
there, there, there tends to be a little bit of an ego that comes along with it. And it's just really not the vibe of the show. Uh, the vibe of the show is just free thought, open thinking, you know, people talking like you can think what you want to think like I do, you right. know, like, but I don't request that my audience believes and thinks the same way that I do. And uh, a lot of times, and I, I know this because, you know, I listen to other shows where you have researchers come on and you throw out a, an opinion and it's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what that really is. You know, <laughs> right. when I used to go to Bigfoot conferences, I would get so irritated when I would hear, uh, you know, the researcher stand up there and lecture people on, you know, the idea of Bigfoot being paranormal. It's just an, an it's just a, an animal we haven't caught up with in the woods. That's, there's nothing paranormal about it. Let me tell, listen, you don't, listen, I'm sorry that that ego is, is really diluting your view on the possibilities like there's so much more to this world than we can possibly fathom and understand and i like it that way but when i have so many people telling me that they've had those experiences with bigfoot or other things uh, and i'm sorry like I, I, i can't i can't accept the fact that those people are either lying or just complete crazy yeah i i just can't like right. they, they experienced something, whether it was Bigfoot, maybe the, the paranormal aspect of Bigfoot is just, you know, that we could just say a demon that's masquerading as a Bigfoot. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not saying that either way. I'm just throwing it out there as there's so many things, roads you can go down. But the problem is I find this a lot, not consistently, but a lot that the people who are anti Bigfoot being paranormal, a lot of times they are atheists. The, the idea of supernatural flies in the face of, you know, there being anything sure. other. You right. Know? Exactly. You don't you don't want to entertain the idea of the other because, well, if there is the other, then you probably would have to be forced to really entertain the idea. If you believe that there is the other, that there could be, you know, maybe a God. Uh, that's just my theory, you know, uh, but that's just, you know, we've spent a lot of time on that that, <laughs> that question. So let's we really did, yeah. move on. This is going to be a okay. really long show. All right. So we have <laughs> <laughs> we have another one here from Derek. Um, Derek actually asked multiple questions. So we're going to get to all of them um, and I'll give you them one by one. All right. I'm so going to try to rapid fire this one. Okay. Multiple questions. <laughs> have you ever been told something? Well, actually, I should say preface this. Good luck making these shorter. <laughs> these, are, these are decent questions yeah. here. Have you ever been told something that you are not allowed to share because it is top secret? Um, no, not directly. Um, I've been suggested things, but uh, from people who say that they are, you know, let's just say that generically, uh, people who say come to me and tell me there's somebody who that there's somebody important in this world, and they tell me things, but them being important, I have not been able to verify. Sure. So what they're telling me, I, you know, it could be misinformation. I do believe that there could be agents of misinformation that do target people like me just to put things out. The, the best thing that they do is that they delude the truth. They can't take the truth away. Once the truth is out there, it's out there. Right. So what they do is they delude the truth. So they, so they could come to me and say, Hey, you know, um, Bigfoot actually has wings. And it flies around and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, just yeah, something- in a show like this to where you're talking about things that would be, you know, truth topics, quote unquote, yeah. they're going to make sure that they try and find people like you where they would be, able right. to, you know, infiltrate, like you said. Yeah. Like, or, you know, like that was really exaggerated. But like, <laughs> you know, it, what if somebody came to me and said, um, dog man is actually a misidentified chupacabra. 
you know, mm. and, and they, they, and they, they're somebody important in this world and I should believe them. And so I start putting that information out there cause I was told. And then all of a sudden that theory gets started thrown around and stuff. And that's even more, that's extreme as well. But it's the idea behind it that to get stuff circulating around the internet to dilute the truth, they could do something like that. But, uh, as far as top secret, I would say no. I, I do, um, there is something that probably should be top secret that I have, uh, direct access to and will be pursuing. Um, right. but, um, I'll just say it real generically. Um, I am friends with a guy from college and his dad, um, was hunted by very elite people in this country. i'm just i'm just saying like um i i think i've mentioned it here and there even the names of some people uh i don't know how far i've gone on it i can't remember but um he's he's thought to be dead in some circles i can tell you he's not because i've talked to him on the phone and uh for a good long time and i'm going to be calling him tomorrow and uh, I'm going to be hopefully meeting with him next month to work on some things, but not things for the show. So uh, what we're working on, m- maybe for the show down the road, but uh, it's more important to record his story and mm. get it documented yeah. before it's too late to do so. And then with that information, we decide together when to drop it, where to drop it, um, maybe just... Uh, shared the information out to specific people to hold on to so not just me has it right um but uh it's yeah i mean that would be that's probably more top secret than top secret because it's it's taking the quote-unquote conspiracy theory and it's very real and any mainstream propaganda outlet your snopes your fact checkers uh would say this is not true this is not true oh it's true it's true very true and i can prove it and so, um, you know, I, I, yeah, that's as far as I'll, I'll go on that. I think pretty dope, dope. <laughs> All right. The next question that we have from Derek here is, have you ever had to stop someone from saying any more about something because it's getting deeper than you want to know about? No, never, <laughs> never, I didn't think never. So. I <laughs> love the mud. Give me get, the juicy bits. Yeah, let's get dirty with <laughs> it. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm uh, listen. What I just said about the meeting with the person and all that stuff. Listen, if I was the kind of person that said, "Whoa, I don't want to hear it," I would not be pursuing the. And you know the story, like you and I, you know, oh, it. I know, yeah. And so, like, I, I would not be pursuing it. I'm the kind of person that I can't help myself. Like, I see <laughs> a candy jar. I'm like, "Ooh, that looks good. I want some right now." Like, talk to me. <laughs> like, I, I can't help myself. I, it could get me killed. Yeah, but it's true. Like I, I just can't help myself. Yeah. And so if anybody were to give me the good, good, I'd be, hmm, <laughs> you know, just give it to me. I'm good. <laughs> the backdoor access to all of the secrets. Tony's <laughs> right. right there. I'm down. Yo, give it to me. Oh man. <laughs> all right. So the last question here from Derek: Would you ever consider living in the woods during retirement, somewhere near a dum, a dumb, or somewhere with Sasquatch D-U-M-B. activity? Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm dumb, pretty dumb. Dumb, right? dumb, dumb. <laughs> Dummy? All Anyways. right. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or somewhere with Sasquatch activity. Uh, yeah, I would. Um, especially a dumb. Uh, I'm really interested in that yeah, topic. Yeah, for real. Uh, big time. Uh, there's uh, a filmmaker in Texas who I'm friends with, and uh, uh, he asked if I wanted to do any kind of special project with him. And because of what the world is right now, December, what's today's date? December 20th? 20th 
2020 because of the way the world is right now um it's kind of hard to do the project but i floated the idea to him that we do a documentary on underground military bases and we could focus on pennsylvania because we have yep. one for sure raven rock is public we yep. know about it we know the location you can see it on satellite image but there's a lot of people who talk about a uh, second one being in pennsylvania and it's an unknown location and i think if it's any listen there's plenty of places in pennsylvania you could hide it oh but yeah i have a theory that it would be in the Allegheny National Forest because it's so dense, it's so huge, and it's government property. Hmm. And so they could literally do whatever they want there. True, yeah. And we've been there, so yeah, we should have looked for it. What the heck were we doing? Jack, we hiked two miles off trail. <laughs> I know. We, we, really. took, we, we Listen to this. <laughs> we hiked two miles off, chair, off trail looking for a hidden cave. We found it, but Allegheny National Forest is so big, that two miles is like... <laughs> a pin in this yeah, room like it's yeah. just like ah uh, you know <laughs> all right so we do have another one here um this is from daniel uh his first question here he asks can you share your thoughts on the phenomenon of gang stalking and targeted oh i'm sorry and targeting individuals gang stalking and targeting individuals that's correct my opinion on it yeah i think it's very real i talked to this one guy and we haven't had him on the show i i, I don't know what happened with that i him and I were talking and it was an active situation and uh, he was kind of going back and forth with me. I think he reached out to me on Facebook when I had Facebook and uh, we were texting or something like that. But um, he was being gang stalked and gang stalking is something that I, I think can be paranormal, but I also think that it's something that's just very real that happens. And, uh, you know, people are being tortured and tormented by it because it, it messes with your brain and messes with your mind. So, uh, wow. gang stalking. Yeah. I definitely think that it could happen and it, it it's not something you want to go through no. at all. I mean, we see that in what, like the crazy horror movies, right? Where you see like those crazy people that are gang stalking a house or uh, somewhere yeah. in the woods or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I know that happens in real life. It's just crazy to think that that would be something that actually happens. Yeah. Well, it definitely happens. And I mean, you just think of the, um, the, the tactics behind it. Uh, it would be very useful to you. So, I mean, just put it out there. Does gang stalking make sense if you're nefarious? Absolutely. So why would somebody that's nefarious not do gang stalking? Right. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Sense makes. All right. So we got another one here from Greg. Uh, Greg asked Tony, trying to understand the testimonies of why some sca- some Sasquatch encounters. These encounters seem to be examples of Sasquatches providing an escort for wayward people to leave a specific area. Uh, and then his question here is, do you think maybe that some select Sasquatch could be trained centuries providing security for off-planet or interdimensional beings mm. visiting our planet. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a possibility in the sense that we've heard that in stories. Uh, there, uh, One that comes to mind is Emery Smith, and he's a very uh, well-known person who has had the uh, 20 and back situation, I believe. I can't remember the mm. details of his experience, uh, but he's one of those people that kind of... No, he didn't have the 20 and back. He actually uh, worked in the underground... Uh, military bases and he talks about uh, transport transporting himself from one base to another on like some kind of like super technology rail i'll just call it a rail like a light but, rail or like something. you can go from pennsylvania to nevada in about 20 minutes kind wow. of thing um but uh he talked he was a like a, a biologist or something where he would like actually operate on biology and uh he would talk about you know different 
specimens. And it's not like he had a whole body in front of him. I think maybe once or twice he had that, but usually it's just like a piece of flesh that he had to analyze. Hmm. Uh, but and I'm pretty sure it was Emery that said this, uh, that one of the, um, one of the, the alien entities that, uh, are out there that I guess he's had experience with or something. Uh, is, and he, he didn't call it Bigfoot, but what he said was they look like Chewbacca from Star Wars. And so it's like, okay. So if you're describing, if you're like, I don't know anything about Emery. I don't know if he believes in Bigfoot. I don't know if he knows much about Bigfoot. I don't know if he ever connected those dots, but I mean, it's like, well, if you're saying that you saw an alien creature that looks like Chewbacca from Star Wars, and he even said that, uh, that's probably one of the most accurate depictions of an alien entity in Hollywood, then, um, that sounds a lot like Bigfoot. To yeah. Me. For sure. And so, uh, and, and we hear, um, uh, Stan Gordon talk about in his, one of his books about, uh, Stan Gordon is one of the most OG people. He's somebody that I would have in studio to sit with me. That's a researcher hmm. because Stan Gordon, he's from Pennsylvania and he, he just, he started this, I think back in the sixties or seventies, he started a hotline where people could call and leave their report. I mean, he was, wow. I think he was like 16 or something. And, <laughs> and so, but, that said, he had gotten a lot of reports in Pennsylvania from these Bigfoot stuff. And one of the reports talked about having Bigfoot sightings, an active Bigfoot sighting at the same time having a UFO activist active sighting on the same property. And so it, it's like you have the UFO active sighting and Bigfoot active sighting. Are they two separate things or are they two are they the same thing? So could there be a relationship there or could it be that the UFOs were attracting Bigfoot and then you were attracted to the UFO and it was like this perfect Bermuda Triangle <laughs> yeah. situation? Right. I don't know, but there are people who say that they've seen Bigfoot riding in a UFO. Right, yeah. Bigfoot riding in a UFO. Yeah. How about that? You it's know, like so, seeing Santa Claus um, on a sleigh. But I mean, if you give credit to the idea that Bigfoot is an alien entity, I think it's definitely possible. Uh, some people talk about uh, Bigfoot being an alien entity and they were uh, some kind of slave that was uh, basically banished to, to planet Earth. So, I mean, there's so many th theories out there, right? And it's just yeah. fun to contemplate and think about. Well, and I guess the uh, follow-up question that I would have is if you think that that's possible, then who would be training them to be sentries to, you know, uh, give people safe travel? Did he say people or, or entities from another planet? He said um, security for off-planet or inter interdimensional beings. So yeah, yeah, not people, but still, who would be training them? It would be those interdimensional people. Well, I mean, we talk, or we hear, beings? we hear people talk about their experiences, like with the twenty and backs, where they encounter several alien races, and they all kind of work together. So maybe Bigfoot is just a, a separate alien race, like the praying mantis race, which tends to be more violent mm. and and very short tempered, and you have the greys and things like that. So you know, uh, it, it very well could be just their own separate category of. You know, yeah. they come from um, Galaxy Z and these come from Galaxy A and all that stuff. And so, you know, I think it's going to be something simple as that, you know, cool. but again, I don't know. Right. I, if you if you ask me to choose a side, I probably would say I don't think Bigfoot probably is not an alien entity. <laughs> all right. Well, but it could be. That's cool, know. though. I just wanted to know. All right. So we have another one here from Andrew. Uh, Andrew asks, if God gave you the chance to have the answer to just one uh, of the many topics that you cover on your show, what would you pick? And uh, oh. he gave us he gave some examples, but I'll let you I'll let you choose. He said aliens, Bigfoot, dogma, the occult, dogma, whatever, dogma, yeah, Dog, dogman. He probably meant. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dogman. Yeah. That makes much more sense. Yeah, but yeah, and then probably. Well, I mean, what you choose? 
Um, you know, so he said he said the cult, the occult. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. It, that that idea is interesting in the sense that I personally believe that uh, the occult has a lot to do with pretty much everything that I cover on this show in one way or another. I think they utilize a lot. Um, and, I, and I'm not talking about your neighborhood occult person. I, I, I'm talking like the higher ups. Like a lot of people don't know about this. I haven't mentioned it on the show before. It's something that you don't really have a whole lot of information out there. Uh, but like when I talk about, when I think occult, I'm, I'm talking like mothers of darkness occult. Yeah. I'm talking about some serious stuff. Like the mothers of darkness are, it's almost as high as you can get in the occult world. And uh, we're talking some serious black magic stuff. Right. Um, I, I would very much be interested into seeing how the occult world filters down the way I believe it does to actually see how that is. Um, but also on the conspiratorial side, I, if I could ask God, just show me uh, all the conspiracies that were floating around there, all the ties, you know, we, we talk about this conspiracy tying into this one and, you know, the JFK murder, it ties into the CIA, who the CIA head became a president of the United States, the, all this stuff, God. Like, if you could show me how it all lays out, what was true, what wasn't true, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be very interested in that. And I think I might be more interested in that than the occult side of things, just because if I'm standing before God, I'm assuming I'm dead. And, <laughs> and the, 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 the conspiracy governmental side of the existence that I experienced, it's behind me. It's gone. The occult side, it, it is behind me and gone too. But at the same time, there is still a war being waged with Satan, which the, derives from that and so I, I feel like i might be able to get that answer organically maybe sure but, <laughs> so yeah. like uh more of a governmental power in the in, structure of yeah, it all. structure of not like, just america but and, the world and even yeah. the but the, even the occult tying into that too i mean there is yeah and i mean we, that, we know there's I, I always say that the higher you get up in in the these these conspiracy i listen i believe that the higher you go conspiracies and paranormal intertwine big time well i think it's pretty i mean that's evident even in just simple writings that when you hear about what Albert Pike had for the Freemasons yeah. you know um, what is that lady's name uh, I'm blanking but the other one that was uh, you know also quoted in those books with uh, Albert Pike but also um, Aleister Crowley yeah. you know all that stuff I mean it's all intertwined and they were all powerful people so and, and you gotta look at like some of these people that uh, world leaders quote and say they follow and, and when you when you hear a world leader say that they look up to or they they follow a certain ideology you gotta look at the, that ideology where does that ideology come from the thought process process come from and it, it, it gets deep it gets really yeah. deep I, I don't have I only have so much bandwidth I I, I, <laughs> I, I can't like that listen uh, I've had him on the show several times Charlie Robinson he is a great friend of mine and mm-hmm. uh, he is somebody that I, I admire because he has so much information in his head and he can just rattle it off and I'm just like how do you do that that dude is I mean awesome I, if there was a pill to have a brain like his I would take yeah. it because I wish I could contain more information in my head but I'm a little bit stupid you know <laughs> like like <laughs> yeah. like I'm a little stupid uh, I, yeah, yeah. I mean I hear you <laughs> I, I, I imagine Charlie probably had good grades in school I, you know <laughs> I had a hard time seeing the importance in school so <laughs> oh man I hear you but yeah, that was a good question though um all right so we have another one here from Virgil um and we have actually it's, it's kind of a little bit of a 
little bit of a description, but then some uh, question for you. So, what biblical evidence supports or disproves aliens from other worlds, not fallen angels in quotes? Um, then he goes on to say, my hypothesis is that humankind is not a random experiment, but a singular project that results in a, in a people that desire to live in fellowship with God. Therefore, since God created the universe, there is only there is only the intelligent beings that are listed in the Bible. So it seems uh, almost as though, in his perspective, there's only the intelligent beings in the Bible. Do you believe, in his words here, uh, that the Bible disproves aliens from other worlds? I don't think it does. I don't think it it, it, it proves or disproves that. Um, I think we kind of covered that a little bit ago. Uh, if it does, I'd be happy to accept that. And if somebody could show me that, I'd be fine with that. I'm not. Um, but I don't think that aliens was a thrust of a theme in the Bible. Um, I think that there's a lot more truth that's, and when I say truth, I mean ultimate truth, like God mm-hmm. truth, like right. like if God spoke a truth kind of thing. I think there's a lot of truth that has not been included in the Bible because maybe God just didn't see it necessary for the narrative of the Bible. Like the Bible is not an all-inclusive history book. It's not an all-inclusive uh, book that includes all of existence and all of what truth is. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to the idea of aliens, uh, being proven or disproven in the Bible, I don't think it's either. Um, right. You know, and I know there's a lot of people who talk about uh, some of the Old Testament uh, writings about, you know, what they saw in the sky and that was a UFO craft or it could be just a, a vision that was sent by giving by God right. too. You know, right, exactly. I, I mean, but a lot of times people who are, are saying it's UFOs are people who are reading the Bible that aren't theists. And so they're trying to take a theistic book and turn it into something that they desire to be because the actual intent of that scripture is not of interest to them. Right. So, uh, you know, take it or leave it kind of thing. That's why I really never, never really got into ancient aliens TV show. I know it's a huge <laughs> show. I know everybody right. loves it. Uh, but every time I sat down to watch it and they go into the Bible side of things, I'm like, like, you clearly don't believe what the Bible teaches. So why are you even taking anything out of the Bible to prove your point? That right. doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Like if, if you don't believe in the scripture, then don't take the scripture to prove your point. And at the same time, take people that do believe the scripture and lead them down a road that, that it wasn't even meant for because you don't believe the Bible. Like you, you see what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 a, yeah. it, I think it's a, yeah, I, I don't think they're trying to be sinister about it, but I think that it's definitely something that, you know, um, confuses people. It can confuse people. Right, yeah. So, neither proves or disproves. For me, at least. Okay. But I'm open-minded to either way. That's good I'm to be open-minded. Yep. I'm fine with it. So, we have uh, another one here from Rod, and Rod asks, is it very hard to name shows sometimes? <laughs> yes. Uh, on so many different levels. So, um, so sometimes people will share their experience and it's just paranormal experiences one after another. Just, you know, like we, we deal with normal people on this show. Like, well, some would argue that, right? So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, people who I don't guess. believe in this stuff and they turn on yeah, my show, exactly. they're like, these people are crazy, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, 
we deal with everyday people, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, if it's an everyday person who has a haunted house or lived in a haunted house and they had traditional haunted house experiences, I, I can't call every one of those the haunted house. So it's kind of hard sometimes. And sometimes on the other end of things, um, somebody had maybe has, uh, you know, they had paranormal experiences growing up, whether it's, let's just say a haunted house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that house, like there were some crazy things that happened. You're like, wow, that could be a great show title, but so could this, so could this. Right, yeah. And then, you know, maybe, you know, that, that was their childhood. And now they're, they're 55 years old and just five years ago. So they were 50 years old. They were out hunting and they had this crazy Bigfoot experience. So right. now I'm like, how do I name this show? Because my goal in naming the show is to describe the show. So you understand what you're getting when you, click play right and so like if i name it after the paranormal stuff in the house and i'm leaving the bigfoot thing out hopefully they read the description of the show to see that <laughs> and if i name it the bigfoot you know what i'm saying yeah. so it can be hard yep uh and sometimes to be honest with you i'll name a show and Lindsay's like i think you already used that title for something else <laughs> and i'm like really and i search on the website I'm like oh no, yeah, yeah you're right yeah. yeah so let's uh take this word out and ta-da a new, ep- <laughs> new episode title you know yeah uh, that's yeah. good yeah it can be hard sometimes yeah i believe it man yeah all right, so that's the first block of questions we have for the Ask Tony Man, Anything. That was long, too. <laughs> that was extremely long. We got, long. what, two more blocks to go? Oh, yeah. We're going to power through these. Wow. I hope, I hope you guys are enjoying this. I'm having fun asking Tony these re- these really good questions. <laughs> oh, man. But we're going to get some music. A long show. Some good Christmas music. Tony's favorite kind. Tony style. EDM. <laughs> Let's get to it, man. Let's go. I'm 
man, I love Christmas music, man. <laughs> me too, dude. I love Christmas time. Yeah. Well, I should say, let me rewind and say that better. I love my kind of Christmas music. Uh, I know you, you do. You know, man. like, do, do you get depressed sometimes hearing some of these Christmas songs that are like the old classics and stuff, <laughs> but they're slow, you know, and it's just like, I'm dreaming of How can you be depressed with that? It's so, I mean, it's, it, yeah, I like it, right? It's I mean, so it's, it's good. And, and, and <laughs> even sometimes if I'm in the right mood and stuff, I'm, I'm down for it, right? But like, yeah. I mean, it makes me sad sometimes. I'm just like, but it's not a white Christmas. It's it. It's <laughs> no, true. I mean, this year I'm going to have a white Christmas. Yeah. I just got like, you know, 13 inches of snow the other day. But uh, usually I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It, for me, it, it can get a little sad. Let me ask you a question. Uh, do you have cable at your house? I don't. No, I do not have you cable. You don't have cable? No. You guys don't have cable. There's three guys in the house. You guys don't have cable? Heck no. We're not paying for cable. Are you oh, kidding me? Millennials. Cut, millennials. cut that cord. That's Netflix, what we do right? You yes. guys had Amazon yep. Prime. You got it. And Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. Streaming services. Well, listen, uh, adults have cable. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> you know, people with kids and, and all that stuff, families. And one of the biggest complaints that you could have is having a cable bill that's just astronomically big. And I'm telling you, dude, Around here in the Philadelphia area, you're hard pressed to get a cable bill that's ar- even around a hundred dollars a month. Wow, it is crazy. Uh, Comcast it has a monopoly on the industry, and I don't really care for them. You know, <laughs> no, nope, I agree so, with you. We have a sponsor for today's show, and uh, Philo is that sponsor, and. You know, Lindsay and I were talking about different options when it comes to what we watch because we we don't watch a whole lot of cable TV. Right. We basically have it for the live stuff to kind of tune in. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that I'd rather have live TV in case there's an emergency in the world so I can hit, you know, watch and I can see exactly what's happening right now. You know, like yeah, imagine exactly. if 9-11 happened right now. Right. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean, like I can't get that on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, but um, so we go back and forth with do we get rid of cable? Do we keep cable? Because we do have the other streaming services that we utilize, all that other stuff. Um, but Philo is a great option for that. And her and I were talking about it. And we actually decided just this past week that we're dropping our cable and we're just going to switch exclusively to Philo. And so Philo, what's great is about Philo is that uh, it's only $20 a month. Like, wow. I mean, that's a fraction. Yeah. So, I mean, you you guys that live together at your place, I mean, you chip together, you know, and, yeah. and divide that up and you guys should be able to afford Philo yeah, and some live, easily. you can get some live TV action and, and, and Philo has lots of, and I wasn't sure about, you know, how many channels they have and stuff. They have over 50 channels. They have uh, all the classic stuff like your MTV, the Nickelodeon, Food Network, things like that. And they even have like classic TV shows, Fresh Prince, The Office, Martin, and it, but what's really cool about it is that it's cordless. So there's, there's, it's absolutely cord free. You don't have to run like, dude, I have a cable box in my staircase in my, in my, uh, stairwell to the basement yeah. and it, it's just cords everywhere. And this is something that <laughs> it, it, it's, it's great. There's no cord. So it's, it's cord free, uh, commitment free because you don't have to worry about any crazy contracts, That's nice. which is great. Yeah. It's just hassle free. And so uh, people should really think about switching over to Philo if you're really tired of those crazy, crazy cable bills that you wind up paying because they sucker you into it. These cable companies have monopolies on stuff and they sucker you into it. And you're like, well, I guess I got to pay it. <laughs> no more. You don't have to pay it no more. What's great about Philo also is that it has an unlimited DVR. Save all your favorite TV shows, every single one. You can have different accounts in the Philo so that you can have one. Micah can have one and Matt can have one. Uh, same here. Like Dang. Lindsay can have one. I can have one. 
Ben could have one one day. Gemma could have one one day. Everybody can have their own accounts. They could save their own TV shows on that account and stuff. There's no more fighting over DVR space and crap like that. And what's really cool is that you can watch from your phone, laptop, tablet, TV, Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, Android TV, whatever TV, whatever tech <laughs> thing is out there. It's crazy. Like, I just got a smart TV. I'm like, what is this? I feel like I'm going to get spied on, you know? And oh, so I man. turned off the option where the TV, I, I can't use my remote to talk into it. Like, like <laughs> it's a smart TV, but I can't use it like that because oh, I, that's hilarious. I can't go down that road. Okay. Like, I, I can't go down that road. Okay. I can't yeah. do it. And it's probably still listening, but you know what? <laughs> probably the, the for thing your is, sanity, right? The thing is, people are like, you know, well, it's listening to you. It's like my phone listening to me like yeah. it is like we're living in a surveillance state now guys like let's just get <laughs> just get over it get used to it admit it to yourself you're being watched you know yep. but uh with, with philo they have so, so many different options where you can actually watch philo uh it's really cool for being on the go so i'm actually looking forward to using it more uh when i'm at work and stuff so like there's a lot of times i'm sitting in my truck by myself and i have nothing to do but watch you know YouTube or something like that, turn on Philo. It's a great option to have live TV on the go. Uh, so anybody who wants to, they can go up and sign up today at philo.tv slash Tony, and you'll get 25% off your first two months. That's P-H-I-L-O.tv slash T-O-N-Y. And you'll save up to 25% the first two months. I think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much to Philo for sponsoring this extra long Christmas Ask Tony Anything show. Jack, do we have more questions? I think that's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly do. Oh, let's do it, man. All right. So the first question we'll get to here, we have Nolan. And Nolan asks, uh, as a fellow believer and father, do you ever worry about exposing your child to these stories and spirits? Um, he said sometimes he worries about it with his four-year-old daughter. Uh, so do you think that there's any danger? Or do you ever worry about exposing your children to these stories? I don't expose my children to these stories. <laughs> so uh, I guess that answers your question, right? I do worry about that kind of thing. I, I uh, they da- Ben knows that daddy works down here and I do stuff with the computer. Uh, right. He doesn't know what I do. And, um, you know, he knows about Bigfoot. You know, he recognizes Bigfoot and uh, I have some pictures and he's like, oh, Bigfoot, you know, it's one of the first oh, things cool, he recognized yeah. as a kid. Uh, but I, I kind of uh, refrain from going into details. But what I will say is that uh, if you want to teach your children the realities of this, then there's a if you're a Christian, and if you believe like he said, you know, he is uh, you sprinkle in biblical truth. It mixed in with yeah, it absolutely. so th- that you blend the two worlds so that th- your kid doesn't walk away feeling like they're living in a haunted reality as much of a reality that is very supernatural and supernatural things happen within that reality. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good point. I like it. All right. So we actually have another one here from Mike uh, and Mike was on episode 265. So he has two questions here for you, Tony. Uh, number one, have you ever felt someone standing behind you in line and they are right up on you so that when you turn around to leave you run into them but there isn't actually a physical person there so have you ever felt a presence behind you where you feel like they're right up on you and then we turn around they're not there yeah i mean (laughs) who hasn't right (laughs) right i I know i know I, i mean of course i have and i think many people have it's one of those things where it's like you're walking they say you're going up the stairs somewhere and all you just get this chill like turn around that's the worst feeling <laughs> that that's the worst true. feeling like how many people out there 
are walking up the stairs in from their basement to their Ooh. first level. And as you approach the top of the stairs, you just get this stronger, stronger feeling of turn around, turn around, turn around. No, no, no. And, My stronger feeling is run quicker, run quicker, <laughs> get up there quicker. And so you turn around and you look and you're like, ah, oh, there's nothing there. Knew yeah. it. Fell for it again. You know, it's just <laughs> like, ah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people feel that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the, have you ever heard that song? Uh, I always feel like yeah. somebody's, somebody's watching me. Oh, for yeah. sure, man. That's, I, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's he felt song. that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I you know, he probably made feeling. a lot of money off that song. He did. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He's like, I feel like this and I'm going to sing about it. Other people are going to vibe with it and I'm going to make millions. Oh, Congrats, for sure. man. Yeah. Great business plan. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, every I mean, I I've even had that feeling, you know. Yeah. So I think everybody's kind the of most had... logical person in the room. <laughs> no, not logical in this room. <laughs> you're like, let's approach this logically. I'm like, no. What do you feel? <laughs> Push up the glasses. Get the, get the yeah, compass yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But all right, so that was a pretty good one there. Uh, so he has a second one here for you. If you are approached, now this is a good one, man. I'll, I'll preface this by saying this is this is fit for you. Okay, get all ready. Right, yeah. All right. Number two, if you were approached by a time traveler who would allow you to go back to any time period to spar with someone, what time period mm. and area of the world would you choose? And what would be your weapon of choice and where to train? That's a lot of ands. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's a good one though. All right. All right. So let's, just, let's, uh, let's, let's, um, let's take this from the reverse angle of it. Okay. Uh, my weapon of choice. Uh, I know that me saying this might uh, pull the curtain back on revealing some some parts of me that maybe <laughs> people don't realize exist. <laughs> but um, and I, you and I were just talking about this just today, actually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, man. Okay, I'm gonna say it. Uh, I prefer up close combat. I don't find satisfaction in the idea of using a gun and shooting somebody from a distance. I much prefer the up close personal side of things. Yeah. So I would probably choose just your classical two blade double edged sword. Yep. Uh, that requires you to be right there uh, as my <laughs> weapon of choice. That makes sense. And yeah. so, um, you know, some people might think, oh my gosh, Tony's freaking sick. But, uh, you know, I am. I am. I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, I try to hide it on the show. That's why it's it's. I, I get to edit it. So you, <laughs> I, yeah, I take exactly. out the crazy part right now. <laughs> but um, I, I would choose a sword. And uh, what was the rest of the question? Yeah. So then More questions. <laughs> so let's go to what would you or where would you train? Where would I train? Because you can train with your sword now, right? So what would you train? You know, where would uh, you train? Where would I train? I I it, I, I don't know. What do you think? I I mean the Spartans. Oh yeah, Sparta, yeah, yeah. The Spartans would be absolutely the ideal, I guess. If it's like the movie Three Hundred Spartans, yeah, yeah, like you know the just savageness of King it. Leonidas. Give me that savage Come attitude. On, man. Teach me, oh great one. Yes, <laughs> exactly, I'm down with that. Man. Yeah, give me the Spartans. I'll train with the Spartans for sure, one hundred percent. Yes, the Spartans. <laughs> kick some butt, kick yes, some people into a while. That works. Yep, sounds good. So now you got to pick the person you're going to spar with. Sword and Spartans. Okay. And the, you can, I mean, he, we got the time period. Who in the I to spar with? Yeah, but who are you gonna spar with? <sighs> it's I don't I don't hate anybody enough to want to kill him. Hitler. <laughs> Hitler's too easy. Yeah, Hitler's way too, too easy. easy. Yeah. Um, you oh, know, man. I'm trying to think of all of history, and you know, I'm thinking like I I, I keep 
my mind keeps going back to like who would I hate like in the Bible idea that I, if I could go because I mean you know you read the Old Testament there there's oh, savageness yeah. in there yeah, there man. is savageness in the Old Testament yep and uh, I'm down with that uh, you know I, I you know I'm gonna say this and it's probably not what people are looking for but uh because it wouldn't be much of a battle i think because these guys are pansies right uh but i I disdain them uh i i would go back in time to when jesus was walking the earth doing his ministry you know those three years or whatever and he goes into the temple and he's pissed off and i'm pissed off with you jesus and he flips the tables and he gets all mad the idea of pharisees really kind of irks me. Oh, I thought you were going to say like Judas or something like that. No, I, no. It, it, I don't think it was the Pharisees that he flipped their tables, Sadducees, right? Sadducees. Yeah. Sadducees. Yeah. But uh, it's it's these, these um, Judas. <laughs> he was easily replaced. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. You're right. <laughs> he served his purpose. <laughs> um, no, it, it's the Sadducees, Sadducees, Pharisees, those guys. If I could just kind of go, because I mean, they did them dirty. They did them dirty. They did Jesus dirty. And I know they had to do it. You know, it's pr- prophecy. You know, it had to happen. That's why Jesus was praying about it. He's like, Lord, God, please take this cup from me. And he's like, sorry, bro. You got to go through it. And he's yeah. like, all right, I'll do it. Like he knew it had to happen. Yeah. But man, as the human Tony, give me those guys and I'll take care of the <laughs> rest of them. I'll just take my Spartan, new Spartan skills with my shiny <laughs> brand new sword. Oh, sword, weapon. You know what I'll do? Can I exchange my weapon? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. So in the Old Testament, uh, um, David is king and they're in battle. And he, you know, one of the times like he often went out with his soldiers to battle. But one of the times he didn't go out was when he, you know, uh, had sex with uh, Beth- Bathsheba. Yeah. Um, but he's out in the out in the field there, you know, battle. And they come across one of Goliath's relatives. I forget the, uh, the the giant's name, but they the, he was a giant. Yep. And th- that giant, they said it specifically says, "I got. I, I wish I was prepared for this because I, I would actually have this scripture for people." Um, but you know, do your research, look it up. It's fun to read the Bible. Uh, it, it says that this giant was wielding a new sword. Uh, what was it? Um, how was the phrase? It, it, he was wielding uh, a a new type of weapon of some sort, and. Um, so your mind kind of goes twisty, twisty, twisty as to what is this new weapon? It didn't say, I think, I don't think it said sword, but I'm almost certain it didn't say sword. I think it said weapon. And your mind starts thinking like, what could this weapon have be? Because like King David, these soldiers, they've seen all the types of weapons. You think about the the era that they live in they didn't have guns. It wasn't that complex. You know, you got either a stick with a sharp pointy end, you got a sword, (laughs) you know, slingshots, you know, like like this isn't that complex. So what is this new type of weapon it was wielding? Is it wielding or yielding? yielding? Wielding. Wielding? Yep. Whatever. I'm uh, not too smart, uh, but <laughs> uh, so whatever that weapon is, that's what I want. I don't know what okay. it is. All right. But I can venture some guesses because uh, I believe Goliath was a Nephilim uh, and I believe his relatives then were Nephilim and the relatives being Nephilim. Who are their fathers? Fallen angels. And in, in, in uh, Enoch, it talks about the fallen angels, what they taught people enchantments. And, and and I think that new type of weapon was some kind of black magic, super like, um, you know, uh, Marvel type weapon. 
Like I'm talking like like, like if it was uh, a, like Thanos right yeah there. like if it was a sword <laughs> it shot beams out of it or something they're like what uh-huh. is this you know maybe not beams but it's the idea that there was something supernatural about this weapon and I wish they would have described more because the fact that when you pause and you think what kind of weapon could these people have never seen before and that to me leads me to believe that the, whatever weapon it was had a supernatural ability and i'm down with that give me that and then i'll go take care of jesus's <laughs> you know the bad guys that, that hurt jesus too much okay i can dig it dig it i just still can't believe you we can't figure out anybody else that we would <laughs> we would spar you would spar with i know like There's nobody else that's i mean it's a good it's a good one i just i just don't know I don't, nobody I, else I, i'm a lover not a fighter <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. All right. So let's move on to the next one okay. here. Uh, this one's from Brant. Uh, Brant says, um, when you are a believer and, uh, you know, faith in God um, and you see something or experience something that isn't supposed to be real, how would you handle your experience? Uh, do you keep it to yourself or tell someone? I would tell somebody I'm a talker. Of course you would. Yeah, yeah I talk. Uh, and I definitely wouldn't keep it to myself. But uh, also, you got to readjust your thinking at that point. So if you experience something that, like you said, it isn't supposed to exist, it, how, did he, it, how did he phrase it? Yeah, he said, uh, if you experience something that isn't supposed to be real. Isn't supposed to be real. So if you experience something that isn't supposed to be real, yet it clearly is because you yeah. experienced it, you need to readjust your 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 lenses. Exactly. Uh, at, at that moment, now you take your worldview going into that experience that says that that shouldn't happen, and now you need to readjust your worldview, which means you need to analyze what you believe, why you believe it, how you believe it, and try to seek answers as to, okay, this clearly happens, so what am I missing in my worldview that allowed me to over, overstep and miss this uh, detail, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think at that moment, you just need to be like, okay, uh, time to hit the books and, and start figuring it out from there. For sure. Absolutely. All right, so we have another one here from, let's see here, from Jeremy. All right, so Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy has two questions for you here. Number one, how many demonic encounters is considered unusual for one person? Mm, unusual for one person? <laughs> yeah, for one person. Uh, I'll, let's, let's, let's preface it with this. Uh, how many demonic encounters make you feel uncomfortable? One. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just you know? One is enough. <laughs> you know, I, I again, uh, I hate to bring it, keep bringing it back, but I think it depends on your worldview. So, I mean, I sure. think that pe- there are people who have demonic encounters and they don't recognize it as such. Uh, and so, you know, but, you know, at the same time, um, I, I've lived, you know, 35 years on this earth and I've had, you know, a handful of real demonic encounters not even a handful you know um but then you know i like for somebody like me who talks to people there are some people who but again so if somebody's having r- tons of demonic encounters a lot of times it's the environment in which they live sure. not necessarily not always this isn't r- the rule but usually it's because they are living somewhere or they're constantly in an environment that is hosting such activity uh it's it's more rare to have somebody who you know lived in 10 places and every 10 place is another you know crazy demonic encounter and yeah. at that point maybe the person is you know uh have is has the attachment you know so th- i think there's a lot i think there's a lot i mean if somebody uh if there's an attachment that is going on and stuff it it, does the demonic influence uh, decide to reveal itself to you all the time? Uh, sometimes these things 
decide not to reveal themselves to you in the sense that it's obvious what's happening. Uh, maybe you just have a door closed behind you or, um, you know, things falling off shelves, but there's no real apparition appearing, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's a very, uh, that's a very, you know, that's a question that really has a lot of levels to it. Yeah. But it's as far probably. as how normal it is, what, what number? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I yeah. prefer zero. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a subjective thing. It's yeah. based, it's a case-by-case -case basis for every person. I mean, you've had people on your show that have had several and throughout their whole lives, yep. yeah. you know. So, I mean, and then there's other people who may have had nothing and, you know, died without a demonic experience. So, you never know. I mean, what's unusual is, uh, you know, the experience itself probably, so. Yeah. But, all right, so his next question here uh, is, do you think Elon Musk will achieve his plan of implanting the Neuralink into human beings and the general population. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So here's something with me. Um, I, I, I think that we're living really close to the end of times, uh, as a Christian believing, you know, you know, what the Bible teaches and stuff. I think, uh, in the grand scheme of things, um, now I could be wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it either right. way, but I, I do think that, you know, we could be seeing, uh, some really prophetic stuff come to pass here in this lifetime. And, um, Oh shoot. Where was I going with that? What was the question? Neuralink. <laughs> oh, Neuralink. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think that, <laughs> Oh my gosh. My mind goes a million miles an hour. Um, so I, I think that. Neuralink and Elon Musk, I think that's going to actually play a big role in the transhumanism uh, oh, agenda. Oh, yeah, good point. I agree with that, actually. And so I, I think that, especially in the uh, tribulation period, uh, when human beings are at three years apiece and they're trying to ascend humanity to the next level. Now, that's Tony speaking. That's not Bible speaking right. transhumanism. I'm just saying, I believe that part of the process of the three years peace globally is a collective effort in a one world government with human beings trying to ascend to the next level. And through that process, Neuralink is going to be a very big role. And there'll be other companies that pop up along the way that do similar things. But the idea of transforming the human body into uh, something that is unrecognizable for humans is very much a real possibility. And I do think that Elon Musk's new Neuralink is going to be a part of that. Yeah, that's a good point, Tony. Um, all right, so we got here another one from, let's see here, from Dave. Uh, Dave says, do you really believe that 20 and backs are possible? That's it. That's the question. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think that there we had, we have enough people who have had these experiences to say that something is happening. Um, I, I think that it's a possibility that whatever's happening to these people, uh, there could be some type of programming of memory that they this all describe it as a 20 and back situation uh maybe it wasn't maybe it was more uh i don't know i don't know i i just very aware that um if the world is as crazy and supernatural and, and extra as i believe it to be then um n nothing's off the table okay and so with the idea of the 20 and back um man 
it's trippy. It's hard to uh, even fathom. For sure. There's yeah. so many levels to it. Time travel, alien abduction, slavery, yeah. uh, operating in other on other planets, other galaxies. You know, we're talking about like literal Star Wars. Like, yeah, you, you yeah, know, like, exactly. like it's just, it's absolutely intense. But, you know, uh, one of the things that came out, I think, I think, I think this was said by the I might miss, be misremembering who said this, but I think it was the guy that was like the defense minister of Israel. I think one of the things that he said was that we've already been to Mars. We're, we're already there. Oh, wow. And so if that's true, it goes right along with the idea of these 20 ambassadors. What do you hear on these? People talking about bases on the dark side of the moon. We talk about going to Mars talking about bases on Mars, working with alien entities. You look at the technology that we have access today. Well, if we've been going to Mars, then they must have been using other types of technology to get there that we don't have access to, right? So where did that technology come from? Did it come from alien extraterrestrials? Did it come from the idea of aliens being demonic and the demonic influences? Uh, Listen, just follow the rabbit trail. If (laughs) aliens are demons... And aliens are, are bodysuits housing demonic entities, and those demonic entities could be, as described in Book of First Enoch, uh, the dead spirits of the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And then the dead spirits of the Nephilim, where they, how'd they come into existence? The fallen angels. What did the Book of First Enoch talk about? The fallen angels teaching crazy stuff to humanity. So, is it, it, it along that line of things, is it possible that uh, we do have? that type of alien in existence teaching technology that's almost magical uh, to human beings and therefore them uh, human beings using it to do nefarious things working in allegiance and alliance with alien entities why not <laughs> why not <laughs> so, all right yeah listen you, you gotta follow the rabbit you just yeah, you listen did. just yeah. fo- listen guys i know you're just peering over the edge into the into the abyss you're looking at that hole and you're like whoo that's deep that's really far down there. Just jump. Just do it. <laughs> I promise you, the ride is so fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from Tony. All right. So our next one here is from Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah actually has a question that I think is, I, I don't like it, but I'll tell you. Oh, boy. I just wanted to ask you, what is the funniest prank you've done to Jack? Ah. Uh. Well, I, I know what the funniest prank is, and it's the one where I give your phone number out on air. <laughs> that one is, I, I, oh man, that stalls repercussions to this day. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine because <laughs> as the show grows and people hear that, they probably text you. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's still funny. I get voicemails, I get text messages. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like I'm getting text messages, like just saying happy birthday. Yeah. Like I've had text messages of just like a picture of something that was like a face mask or something. Oh, are they sending you D pics? Like, <laughs> no, thank God, no, thank God, no. and don't do that. Anyone just, listening, do not do I that. Just put the idea out there. No, I do not need that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> nice Tony. Oh man, no, oh, but man. that one is uh, that one's still that one's funny. I actually like the people that I was talking to anyway. So yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I if anybody who's listening who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh for Jack's birthday like two years ago, I think it was, uh I introed the show and I said, and today's Jack's birthday. So for Jack's birthday, and I think it was in re- in retaliation to you not listening to my show. It was, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, he, I know he's not going to hear this because he doesn't listen to my show and he said as much on a member show or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, go ahead and oh, shoot man. Jack him, uh, just shoot Jack a text. 
text him happy birthday, give him a call. And I gave out your phone number. <laughs> and I think by the morning you had like a thousand text messages yeah, or something it was, like that. It was, I mean, all uh, like all in all, it was close to like 1300 or something total <laughs> phone calls and, and text messages. <laughs> That was a good day. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the best prank I've done. Oh, I, 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 when I did that, I literally was sitting here thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to outdo this one. <laughs> like, like, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to outdo this one. The best part is you love pranks. So yeah. if you can't outdo it, what's the point of continuing? Oh, no, I'll definitely continue. I'll, I'll find something. <laughs> I, I, got know time you will. I know you will. As long as I'm breathing, I'm going to be trying to prank people. Thanks a lot for that one, Isaiah. I'm going down memory lane on that yeah, one. Yeah. So we got one here from Daniel. Uh, if you sold your soul to the devil... What would you ask for? Well, that's a quick answer. I wouldn't sell my soul to the devil. I yeah. wouldn't even contemplate it. And there's nothing that the devil could offer me that would uh, be appealing to me. Like nothing. Absolutely nothing. I have zero desire. That that question is a quick one. There you go. Next. Nice. Onward. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. So we got one here from Who Helen? was that to ask the question? Uh, Daniel. Daniel, thanks for asking that question. Sorry it's so short, but literally there's absolutely nothing. That's all I, good? I, like, I, I couldn't even contemplate it. Like There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's all good. We got one here. Have I said absolutely nothing? <laughs> Maybe. Once or... No, no, no. no. You, I don't think I heard it yet. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> all right. So we got one here from Helen and she says... What are you like at home? That's a good question. Mm. Do you help with the cooking? Okay. Cleaning? Yeah, right. Laundry? <laughs> good luck. etc. Nothing. <laughs> and oh, what's your man. favorite food? <laughs> yeah, well, Jack, I guess you nailed it right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, what am I like at home? I'm a deadbeat dad, deadbeat husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you made it sound. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I, 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 I drive truck. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not home a, a ton. Uh, my wife is a stay at home mom with the kids. And so, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff does fall on her to do because yep. when I'm done driving truck, like podcasting takes a lot of time and yeah. between the two shows and the other shows that I produce that I'm a producer for and stuff. I mean, I, I need to keep working. And so there, it's like, you go to work, drive a truck, and then you come home, you eat food, kiss the kids a little bit and try to spend time with them. But then, you know, basically when they go to bed, um, I have to come down here and work more. Yeah. And it recently, it's been really just a lot of work recently. I don't know what it is. I was just telling Lindsay, I mean, um, I, I just, I, I've gotten a laptop now so that I can actually work in my truck. So like when they send me to a place where I, where I wind up sitting for three hours waiting for my load, I don't feel like I'm just wasting time. I can actually work on things. Right. Uh, but even with, having the laptop and doing the work i just feel like it, the more work i do i feel like the more that more piles up i mean wow um recently i'd say within the last two months it's like this i go to work in the morning i come home uh, if i'm lucky i get three hours with the family where it's family time we get to just really focus on the kids because you know ben really needs the attention now uh if i'm unlucky it's an hour a half hour or no hour sometimes there's like i think it was just yesterday i came home and they were like literally going up the stairs to go to bed yeah and so but i go downstairs then and i come in the studio and i work and there's a lot of times that, like i'm like oh i'm just gonna go down to the studio i'm gonna do this one thing real quick and i'm gonna go to bed i'm tired and then that's it what nine o'clock and then the next thing yeah. i know i'm looking at the clock and it's almost two in the morning and i'm Jeez. like i gotta go to freaking bed i gotta go to bed you know so 
that's really like no exaggeration what my life is like right now. So what am I like at home? Well, when I'm here, I try to be engaged as daddy and husband and love everybody. Uh, but really, it's just driving truck and working in the studio and, and getting things going. That's what it takes. I mean, it really does. It, it's it's a lot of work um, to really, for me, to do what I want to do, uh, what my family, and this is something that it's not just me, though. I want people to understand my wife is 100% on board with everything I do. Um, and I, I try to include the kids on things like, especially with member shows, like sometimes yeah. you'll hear Ben come on and say hi to people and stuff. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, Lindsay, she handles the emails. She handles the social media because I can't do everything. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's really a family endeavor. Uh, we all do things together. So it's, it's like, I, I think it's a good system for now, yeah, at least, you know, as, as the kids get older and stuff, uh, I'm sure things are going to have to change. Like I, when I first had Ben, people were like, oh, life's going to change. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm just bringing home a kid. Who cares? Like, it's just <laughs> another person in the house. Nothing's going to change. And everything changed. I just couldn't fathom it. So, you know, Ben's three years old. We just celebrated his birthday like a week or two ago. And, um, you know, I can imagine three years from now, life is going to be so much different than it is now with a six-year-old in the house and a three-year-old. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm sure things are going to have to change with how I conduct myself around the house uh, with the show and everything. But one thing that, that remains constant is over the last four years of the podcast being around and stuff, um, the work has mounted up and I just continue to find to juice every second out of my day to, you know, get stuff done. Yep. Um, sometimes I really feel like I'm against the wire and all that. I don't know how we got on this, but <laughs> so that's, here's that's how the environment is in my house. It's just work, 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 work. Here's it's like that Wale song. Work, 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 work. <laughs> yeah, you know I like that work. I thought you were going to go three on a whack, 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 no, whack, whack. No, no, no. I'm more of hip hop. So here's what I would say. What is he like at home? What you see is what you get. Yeah. You guys see him on Instagram. Yeah. You hear him every week in the shows. Yeah. And uh, that's Tony for you. There's yeah. no, no difference. No, I mean, there. no, don't lie. I mean, there is. I mean, like, Not a lot. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the audience. Maybe they do, and I just don't realize it. But I, I don't think the audience gets the more aggressive side of me. True. I mean, I, I, I and I, I do say it on the show that I'm rough around the edge, and I don't think people realize that. That I, I mean, I mean it. Like I, I, I'm. I'm kind of an aggressive individual. So, I mean, like, I, I that's why his not choice like, was a sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, but not like, you know, you know, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't beat people up and stuff, but I just have aggressive, I have a very aggressive attitude. Yep. And so people who I'm comfortable with, like my family, they, they get to see that and everybody laughs. Raw because, emotion. That's it, man. Yeah. I mean, you guys expect it though. It's, it's, oh, it's kind of sure. part of like the, the gig. So yeah. <laughs> it's, what, it's what we get, man. Yeah. All right. But anyway, after all of that, What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. What's your favorite food? <sighs> Man, I just love eating. I, I literally just <laughs> love eating. Oh, that, that is 100% true. I mean, is that not true? I <laughs> if mean, I don't eat all of my food. You can yeah. guarantee my plate will be clean, not because I ate it, yeah. but because you cleaned it up. I love eating. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot of food that I don't think is tasty. And if I think it's tasty, I eat it. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm not that hard to please. I think... Um, <sighs> There are several dishes that my wife makes that, and that's another thing is mm. when it comes to the cooking and stuff, I don't think she would let me cook. Yeah, I wouldn't. Because what she makes <laughs> is fire. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 
it's it's that it's legit yeah um there's a lot of dishes that she makes and stuff i i honestly i don't even know what they're called you know but like they're tasty <laughs> chicken things chicken things beef <laughs> things tasty zesty things that like, thing was good thing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if you're talking like traditional american food kind of thing i would rock with pizza for I sure 100 dude like, pizza it's like i'm down with that um, like we get pizza a crap ton yeah, yeah. I mean, when i first started the show uh i don't anymore i've gotten a little older and you know put it on the weight so i gotta be careful but <laughs> When I first started the show, let's put it this way. Podcasting, if you want to get into podcasting, you can almost guarantee that you're going to put on weight. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. like it, it, if you do it the way I do, because I mean, I, I put a lot of time into it. So yeah. I, I don't work out. You know, I used to, but not anymore. <laughs> and so I got fatter, right? But um, when I first started the show, I literally, no joking, probably about five out of seven days a week, I was eating pizza. Wow. Oh, man. All the time. Oh, my God. All the time love pizza so i guess if you want an answer pizza is it but yeah really if you if you told me i had to have a last meal i'd be like uh tell Lindsay to make me something special because that that's <laughs> what i want because she is just fire yeah that's true thanks for that one helen all right let's get on to some more of that christmas music more music let's that go fire tony music yeah the fire stuff or maybe some people don't think it's fire but <laughs> you're gonna listen to it let's go Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> The very next day, you gave it away This year, to set me from tears I'll give it to someone special
Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple try to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. Later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling.
take me home with you See why I look like under them lights Oh, keep it quiet, whatever I'm just tryna keep my baby warm to the wintertime I'm just tryna get it something to remember to the summertime Merry Christmas, here I am, boy Gonna love you, gonna give you all I can entertaining that was entertaining <laughs> i think so oh man those are some like i love that kind of music and when you when you put it with christmas music bro yeah that is my jam yeah it's my jam too now you <laughs> don't like pop music though and that's, that's true i mean that's we came across because you helped me pick out the music for today's show and you know we came across some music that was christmasy and <laughs> poppy and i'm like yeah like i'm, I'm like oh i'm gonna like this and i look over and you're just like oh god please turn it please turn it. i'm like the fact that you don't like it it's going in. Yeah, you know? I think you did that like a couple times. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. So, um, I, listen, it is what it is. I like um, I like music in general. I mean, rock music, uh, obviously hip hop and EDM. I jam out to country music. I, I just I love different types of music and stuff. Um, but you know, the idea of taking some kind of like remixes and stuff is my favorite. And so, if I can remix Christmas music, I'm down for that. Yeah, I feel it, man. Let's I feel do, you. let's do it. All right, so we got some more questions here. This is our last block of questions. Okay. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. It's me been too. fun for me. It's a long show, but hopefully people are oh. enjoying it because it's just, you know, more chill, laid back. You know, we're just kind of relaxing on Christmas Eve Christmas and chatting. Christmas time, yeah. yeah. 
It's good times, man. All right, so we got one here from John. John wants to know, said, in your experience interviewing those in paranormal or conspiracy-related events or your own experiences, what is one of the most unusual things that you know is 100% true and not even the men in black can tell you is is or was just a weather balloon? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a hard one. That's a hard one, I think. Uh, can you repeat that one? Sure. What is one of the most unusual things that you know is 100% true and not even the men in black can tell you is just a weather balloon? Wow. Wow. You know, um, you know, I, I will t- I'll take a more of like a, a 30,000 foot view on this and I'll take the topic of the topic of the show, which is paranormal. I include paranormal as in yeah, I, Sasquatch, dog man, aliens, UFOs, sure. ghosts, demons, Nephilim, whatever, right? Uh, I think if they were to come to me, somebody were to come to me, men in black come to me and say, listen, everything you're talking about, it's not true. And they have these papers and stuff. And they're like, let's just trust us. Yeah. Let's, we're, we're informing you on this. And we're, I'm telling you just to kind of save your safe face here. You might want to stop. <laughs> I'm like, guys, get lost. Because I believe that we li- we're we supernatural beings living in a supernatural world. I think this world is far f- more supernatural than uh, we give it credit for. And as spiritual beings housed in a physical body i think we're more inclined to experience these supernatural things and we're in a culture and society where they're denying the existence of the supernatural i think it goes on deep roots i think it I, did i say roots or groups groups i meant <laughs> I no idea i meant roots <laughs> it goes with deep roots where you know I, I think that the the denial of god means that you have to deny the supernatural the supernatural existence if if if, if that is real then I think we talked about this earlier. You have to con- contemplate the idea of maybe there is a God then. And so I, I think that for me, it's like if they were to come to me and tell me that, you know, listen, the, the paranormal, the supernatural is not real. I'd be like, guys, get lost. Not, and not just because of the people that I've heard on this show, but my own personal experiences. But also, honestly, 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 dude, um, outside of my personal experiences, which are personal to me and, you know, real to me, the thing that gets me is pappy our grandfather yeah dude when he was dying and i was in that hospital and he was telling me these stories that he experienced when he was doing the ministry and stuff angels appearing and and just different things like uh legs growing on stage as he as he prayed for somebody for healing sight restored hearing restored like that kind of stuff dude like outside of my own personal things that i that i've experienced like that's the most real thing for me to hear because it's my grandfather and like right i mean people say well he could lie well yeah sure he could lie but i i can't go down that road because one i trusted the guy totally he's on his deathbed telling me these stories and some of the stories he told me were experienced by his children which yeah. one of his children is my dad who <laughs> con- concurs them, yeah. yeah the 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 thing happening like my da- our dad was there when yeah. pappy was praying for something and their leg grew on stage he saw it yep so it's like for me it's like nah men in black whatever dudes like you can't you can't tell me like it, it's too it's too real for me it's probably one of the biggest motivations for this show for me is that it's that real to me. It's it's fun to talk about. It's informative and it's very real to me. Yeah, good stuff, man. And I definitely uh, that's something that I've thought about too from what he said. So interesting. 
All right, so we got another one here from Colleen. And Colleen asked. Colleen. That's correct. Ah, Colleen. I'm pretty sure this is a number one fan, Colleen. Her and her husband, Virgil, are like, you know, top-notch fans they they just they love the show they're always commenting on things they're you know they're members obviously and it's just they listen i appreciate and love when i have people who are consistently showing me love and that 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 couple right there shout out to them i straight up want to shout out them because i almost can almost almost guarantee every time I log on to social media after I post something that one of them is going to comment on it just showing love and I love it yeah so love Dope to people. them it's awesome yeah so she asked recently when you went live on Instagram you mentioned you mentioned your opinion on aliens may have changed some I've always learned I've always leaned towards demonic entities mm. if they are working with military could they have not lied and said they are aliens from another solar system, dimension, or whatever? Uh, so how has your opinion changed? Uh, well, I think we did cover that a little, a little bit, bit earlier yeah. and stuff, but let's tack the angle of working with the, the military, military. Yeah. Uh, and lying to the military as to who they are. I think that's definitely possible if aliens are demonic. Um, but also, let's not um, make government... Uh, world governments innocent in this either yeah that's a good uh you know listen let's take the let's go back to the to the early 1900s world war ii era there is a guy named hitler who uh very much understood evil and pursued it and they actually practice alchemy they they tried combining science with black magic and see what let's see what the results are and so when you take the heart of man and how man who is corrupt and evil uh not i don't want to say all men but like just the idea of it how man man human being can be corrupt and evil well when you take like so many times people think that oh well our elected government officials our government the people running the show they, they, they have the best interest in mind they do not have your best interest in mind and they absolutely will put your neck on the line before they put theirs and so if if the idea comes that hey we understand that these quote-unquote aliens wink wink uh we're working with our demonic entities i think that there are certain heads of the state that would be more than willing to work with them to accomplish their agenda because um you know the bible says that uh, uh the root of all evil or money is the root of all evil right uh, love of money. Uh, yeah that's what i knew i was messing that up and i hate when people mess up that quote thank you for correcting me it's the love of money it's not the, it's not money money is not evil it's the love of money and so what's at the root of the pursuit of so many people on an individual basis when it comes to running governments it's money. It's pursuing wealth. That's why, how many times do we see politicians go into politics as, you know, just your average Joe American kind of income and they come out as millionaires? Yeah. It's because they're pursuing themselves. And so, uh, I, I mean, think, I think when they, when they go down that road, they're so like, yeah, I'm down for that. And, and also they, they, as they get higher up and stuff, they become, if they weren't already very aware of the reality of the supernatural aspects of this world. So, and they, you had to choose one side or the other. And I think some of these, uh, officials, I don't want to name drop and stuff, but some of these people, they definitely work on the wrong side and they would be right. down for that kind of action. Yeah. And don't you, you typically see evil align with evil. So, I mean, even if there's different agendas at the start, you're going to see them kind of, you know, yeah. align in a different way. Yeah. So, in that sense, if there are those at, t- at the top. Well, and that, that also, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. And that also goes in with the other guy who asked the question about making a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah. So like he asked me that question, and for me personally, never. It's that's off the table. I'm not. Nah. There's nothing you can offer me. You can't offer me anything to make that deal. But that's me, and I think there's a lot of people who would sign real fast oh, yeah. on that line. Yep, that dotted line would be uh, covered quickly. Yeah. All right, that was a good question from Colleen. Thank you for that one. So we got another one here from I think Damien, uh, if I'm not mistaken. If I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you we- losing your voice? A little bit, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Don't clear your voice on air, sucker. Just, We're not taking that out. Just take We're it out. It in just there. take it out. Rookie I just didn't catch you said it. <laughs> Rookie move. All right. Well, look, my voice is back. Okay. All right. Uh, so we got one here from Damien, uh, and he asked, Tony, what is your ethnicity? Are you biracial? Oh, okay. That's uh, that's so personal. I would never <laughs> know. Uh, uh, I'm mostly Puerto Rican. I, I don't, I really don't even know what mom is. She's, she's a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, she you know? is a lot. I don't know. She's like Swedish or. I know she's got German, German. in her, uh, Polish. Yeah. She's kind of Irish. Um, but you know, she, she's a lot, but, um, I, I am 50% Puerto Rican. Yep. And, uh, that is an ethnicity, not a, a race. Uh, a lot of times people think that that's a race. It's not, it's an ethnicity. When I register myself on, government documents and stuff there is no when i have to do race there is no hispanic race it's an ethnicity i'm white that's that's my race uh that's what i'm registered as because that's what it is <laughs> uh so but as far as biracial i'm not biracial i'm i'm white with many ethnicities mixed in <laughs> so that's how i would answer that i guess and you know what the funny thing is I, I i really that really got hammered home in my head when i went and uh the first time i ever got uh, a carry permit for my gun mm-hmm. i go into the courthouse and i fill out the the information and um I forget how the paperwork was laid out and stuff, but I did it wrong. And the 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 cop that was doing my paperwork, he he's like, uh, I, I, maybe I, I did a write in or something where I was like Hispanic for race, and he's like, Hispanic's not a race, and he had, he made me fix it and stuff. He's like, it's not a race, it, it, it's white. Or, you know, that's that's the race. I'm just like, hmm. huh? And I started thinking about, it. I was like, yeah, I guess he's right. <laughs> like like wow. like there's Puerto Rican, that's Spanish. There's Mexican, that's Spanish. There's Spaniards who are Spanish. Like right, there's, it's just like there's so much. Like yeah, or Latin or something. It's like confusing. That, right? uh, yeah, it's confusing. Listen, well, I'm human. You're I'm human. Yeah. Yeah. All right, pretty cool. Yeah. Good question. Good question. So we got one here then from Ovone? Ovo? Zero Vone? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a handle, so I'm okay. not sure. All right, so anyway, uh, the question is, in the first, uh, in the very first episodes of your podcast, you said you would someday tell your own story, Paranormal Encounter. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard it. Did I miss something? I think I've shared them. I think I've shared them and, you know, you're probably just misremembering. Um, so when I was in college, I'm going to give you the quick versions here. Uh, when I was in college, I, uh, had an experience where, and this involves my wife, where, uh, we were watching ghost shows at her house and we, it was like a Sunday night. We had to go back to school and she actually was going to Penn state, uh, Burke's campus. And so it was about an hour from my, my school. And, uh, we decided we were going to look through ghost pictures or not ghost pictures, but pictures of family photo albums and, uh, to look for ghosts to see if we could find anything, just something fun and goofy. And, um, as we were doing it, we started getting creeped out and, you know, it might've been just the, uh, the actual, you know, going through the books and stuff, but we both, both at the same time were like, uh, we 
we feeling a little weird right now yeah, yeah. to the point where we're like you want to go back to school yeah let's go and we just kind of left the house and uh in the car we've both felt like a weird presence and and i say this all the time when i tell the story but honestly honest to god she was not my wife she was my girlfriend we were not engaged and i was really hoping that whatever was with us would just leave with her like just <laughs> I, then i dropped her off <laughs> oh of the college gosh, i was hoping wow. that like that feeling would go away and good luck Lindsay. if i come back tomorrow <laughs> and that's still with you uh i'm finding another girlfriend <laughs> you know like i was like oh whatever whatever's attached to you i'm not digging you know uh but unfortunately for me it didn't and it, i i continue to feel that feeling all the way back to uh this, my school an hour drive where uh talking about the other guy who was asking if you ever feel like something's creeping up behind you kind mm-hmm. of thing uh, i remember distinctly in that ride i was constantly looking in my rearview mirror expecting to see eyes looking back at me i was petrified driving back to my school and i was like this is crazy this is crazy like why do i feel like this, this is crazy and so i get back to school and i wind up talking to this one guy who used to be a witch and uh yeah uh that's a story in itself but um i knew he was he used to have that experience and so i i, I just went to him i was like i don't know who to talk to and it was like late and he was up and i was like oh well, <laughs> might as well talk to this guy yeah why not you know and so i, I started talking to him and um so we were, I didn't want to, we didn't want to talk in our, our, our dorm rooms because we had roommates who were sleeping. So we wound up going into the laundry room and talking. And, um, so I'm telling them everything that I'm feeling. And, um, uh, in the laundry room, there were these windows going all the way across the wall. And, uh, I look out the window, just, just glance, like when I'm turning my head around and I see two eyes looking back at me and my, in my mind's eye, I can't remember what color they were other than I can tell you they were like a, probably like an orangey, reddish, yellowish kind of color. Uh, it's very distinct. It wasn't like they were white. It wasn't like anything like that. And, um, it was, it was, I don't remember what time of year it was, but I do remember rationing, rationing out in my mind that it couldn't have been like fireflies because they're, they weren't around that time of year. Hmm. I don't remember what time of year it was, but I, I don't remember what month, but I do remember that as a, a thing saying, well, it couldn't have been this. So, uh, that happened and I freaked. I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, what was that? You know? Yeah. And he's, and he's like, what? And he, like his eyes are all big. He's like, oh, uh, and he's like patting me on the back. He's like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. And I was like, dude, dude, did you see that? And so like, I, I was scared to sleep in my room that night. So I actually slept on his floor in his room that night. Cause I was wow. just like, I can't do it. And so, uh, that experience lasted over a few days actually because um i'm in my room and i started feeling this presence in my room and i remember one night i'm laying in my bed on my back and the way the room was set up was i had a roommate along one wall and i was along the wall with a window and the windows were from floor to ceiling kind of windows they were thin and floor to ceiling and they had blinds on and i'm laying there and i'm feeling i'm feeling like there's something freaking here like what is going on and uh i see at the, at my, my feet are at the bottom of the bed where the window is and i just see the blinds get pulled out maybe like um maybe like six inches to i don't think it was quite a foot but it was a decent amount it was like somebody pinched the blinds and pulled them out and let it go and they slapped against the window and i was like freaking a dang freaking a (laughs) and so that was definitely one uh experience and then my my other experience which a lot of people have heard on other podcasts and things like that was my experience with the guy who was a practicing satanist who lured me to his house and um I, i to this day i do believe that he was trying to um I guess I, I don't know if the right phrase is cast, but he wanted to possess get some kind of demonic, uh, uh, de- some kind of demonic possession. Um, I wouldn't say I got oppressed for right. sure from that. Like it, it, it really did a number on me. Like that's why I, like I'm, I'm very adamant with people that are Christians and they're like, I'm a Christian. 
Satan can't touch me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're underestimating the the will of the enemy. And so um, from that experience, I went through a very hard time uh, spiritually where I just felt like there was a, a gap between me and God and I couldn't put my finger on it until like a year later, I started connecting dots and I was like, holy crap, that dude, because when I left his house, I was like, this dude was weird, but hey, you know, at least I got to preach Jesus to him because he lured me to his house under the pretext of he wanted to hear more about God. And when I left his house, I was like, that was really weird. Uh, And uh, but hey, at least I got to talk to this guy about God. And then like a year later, I started connecting thoughts. I was like, wait a second. That dude played me the whole time. And for the last year, I believed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And but when I can after that experience, I would go into where he works and I would see him. And we would talk. And the moment I connected those dots, I never saw him again. Every time I would go in there, he would be off doing something else. And uh it, it was it was almost like whatever he did, I, I feel like he like he he knew. I feel like somehow he knew wow. that I figured it out because I'm not kidding you. Like I would go there a lot and every time I see him after that experience, and then sure enough, as soon as I connect those dots, never saw the guy again. never saw him again every time i went in there he was gone like he was on the other side of the building whatever i'm like hey where's jay because i was pissed i was like (laughs) come on boy let's go you know (laughs) i was like let's go i'm down you know and no nothing i never saw him again so dang yeah wow i'm sure there's other things like lights in the house the red lights i've talked about that before i think yeah old apartment Uh, yep and here and here oh okay wow yeah same light that i saw in the red apartment or the red apartment the red light i saw in the apartment (laughs) saw here and Lindsay saw it too here at a separate time from me so you know i don't know what it is Mm -hmm. uh i don't think it has anything to do with um me doing the show or anything because i saw the red light before Before, i started the show yeah uh, but you know, it's it, like I said, we, we're spiritual beings living in a supernatural world and we're going to have experiences. Yep. I hear you, man. So we got another one here, uh, actually a couple, uh, maybe three of them actually from Casey. Um, Casey. first one we have is if you could go back to any Christmas, uh, of your childhood, which one would it be and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we covered that in the intro of the show, didn't we? <laughs> Did we? I, I don't really care for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right over my head. <laughs> yeah. No, um I no in, in all honesty, I have a hard time remembering a whole lot from my childhood. And yeah. I I think it has just to do with just the um well, I mean I'm an aggressive person because I, I grew up in an aggressive environment and I, I just I truly believe that uh because of I didn't have a typical child childhood, you know, like yeah, there's kids that get picked on and stuff, but I uh, I mine was extra. Like yeah. like my life growing up as a child was war every day and um so it's like one of those things where um i think my mind has blocked a lot out and i'll tell you a story as to why i think that so um i moved we moved out of the trailer park uh when i was i think in ninth grade yep and we i spent my entire entire childhood living in this very abusive environment uh, every day and uh, we move out in August and in October, I go back and I visit some friends. Uh, well, I, I visited James who didn't live in the trailer park. He lived up the road. And then him and I went down to the trailer park, which was just stupid. Like, I don't know why I did that. I'm a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but when I go there, we run across a guy who um, started... Well, we ran, we ran across a guy who he, he came over to me, James, and this group of people, and we're all talking. And when he comes over, though, he's, he goes, dude, and he runs over to me, 
jumps on me with this big hug. He's like, how are you, man? Where'd you go and stuff? And I'm, I'm like, hey, man. And, and I'm like, who are you? And they're like, you know who this is? Blah, blah, blah. And, they, and I forget his name now, but everybody knew who he was. And everybody said that I knew who he was as if like he was there for years. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. To this day, I don't know who that kid was. But everybody around me told me that I knew who he was because he lived in the, we, we all lived together in this huge trailer park. Mm. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. And for, so like from August to October that year, two months, somehow my mind blocked out that person. And he couldn't have been that bad because I remember my enemies from that trailer park. Yeah. Trust me. I remember those guys. Uh, before I started the podcast, I would say probably 2010, 2011, you know, no kids. Uh, I, I, I like, like, you know, way before I started podcast, before I was a Christian, like I was crazy. And <laughs> I came across on Facebook, one of the guys that used to really pound on me on a daily basis and something clicked in my head. And I just stared at his Facebook profile because Facebook was like suggesting that he become a friend of mine. And I'm like, oh, wow. all this rage came back up. I dude, I, I went psycho. I literally saved his picture on my phone. And then I went back up to where I used to live looking for him. That's how crazy I was. Like, I, I don't, I, I literally don't, I, I didn't forget him. I didn't, there was nothing that blocked him out. Wow. But this guy blocked out. Yeah. So uh, to answer your Christmas story, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot from my childhood. Yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah, it's yeah. sad, but it's true. I really don't. I like guess it's, it's, it's a shame. So then I guess this next question is a little bit, uh, you may not necessarily have an answer for it. Is there a Christmas tradition that you've made sure to carry on from your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, if you remember the tradition, no. Listen, I, it's a constant, every year it's a constant battle last few years that I'm trying to be in some kind of Christmas spirit for my kids. Yeah. Uh, Benny, you know, he's like Lindsay. He just loves the lights and stuff. So like, uh, I'm establishing traditions. The last two years we went and, uh, looked at Christmas lights and stuff in the truck. So like, um, my friend at work to turned me on to this where there's w a website and I, f I can't say it because I, I really don't remember, but you can go on and put your like zip code in and it will show you all these different houses in your area that have like really cool lights and they're, oh, they're they registered on this website. And his one friend is on that website. So I went, this, this is how it all started. I went to his friend's house because I want to check out. He was raving about it. It was so cool. I mean, he did, the house was amazing. <laughs> lights everywhere, yeah. different things everywhere. And, it, there was a sign in the front yard that was lit up in lights that said, turn in to tune into FM 97.3. When you turn it on, it's actually his broadcast. So he was, he was playing music over this, this station. I guess he got access to it. it Cause like when you drove like maybe half a mile away, you lost the reception. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like, you know, for a far, far reach. But when you're right in front of his house, you could hear the music he's playing and the lights were going to the rhythm and beat of the music. And so it like made this whole show. So I'm playing. Wow. It, yeah. So like I'm playing this music in the truck and it's going with the lights and Benny. I remember the first year he climbed up in the front seat and he's sitting there laughing. He's just so excited. <laughs> and then uh, we did it again this year. Uh, this, we went to the same guy's house to start things off. And um, it was just cool. And we, we actually went to go into uh, Phoenixville mm -hmm. and there was this big light show uh, that we went to go see. But honestly, dude, I, I, I can't sit in those lines. Oh. Like, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in yeah. Phoenixville. I pull into Phoenixville and there's traffic everywhere. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Is this all for the, this light show? It was. Wow. I, I, it took me about 30 minutes to get out of Phoenixville. 
And I was Jeez. like, I told Lindsay, I said, if we sit in this line, we're going to be here for three hours before we even get to see anything. Yeah. And I was like, we'll, 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 we'll shoot to get here a few hours earlier next year, you know? <laughs> so, but I guess that's a, that's something that I'm trying to establish with my family is, is, you know, appreciating the Christmas lights and stuff. Cause I know the kids yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also one more question. This one's for me, but it would kind of be hand in hand with you and me actually in our family. Uh, what is a favorite Christmas memory from my childhood? Um, I remember some things, yeah, <laughs> most things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in that vein, uh, the one, the one uh, Christmas memory that I have that's m- my favorite, and it would actually be kind of like a tradition that our family has has uh, held throughout since this oh, happened. Oh, you're going, yes. yeah, yeah. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, one good. year, one year. Uh, oh man, we, it was one of the first years we moved to the new house. Yeah. Um, and. It was the first year, maybe not the first year, but one of the first years that it had snowed and snowed pretty heavily. Uh, the power went out. Yeah. All of our power went out on Christmas Day, Christmas morning, and <laughs> we didn't have any, we didn't have any electricity. But thankfully, we had a was it a propane stove or something Gas like that? Stove, yeah. Gas stove, yeah. yeah. And we were able to make the one thing that we had in the deep freezer, <laughs> which was a frozen lasagna. Yeah. Um, and since that year, instead of making, you know, like Hams. a ham or something yeah. like that, we have made lasagna yeah. every year for Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't really have like traditions in our family. We used to go, uh, every year to Uncle Pally's for, uh, Christmas Eve. And yeah. that was like a tradition. Well, actually it was Grammy and Pappy's and then it was, it became mm-hmm. Uncle Pally's. Um, all of that stuff. But, and if I'm remembering that wrong. No, no, bad. you're right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we've done other things as a larger family, but our family tradition now is, Every year, it's lasagna for yeah. Christmas. In fact, you know? uh, I was just talking to Lindsay upstairs, and she texted mom asking if they were making a lasagna to bring down so that she could figure out what what to make around that nice. for Christmas. But yeah, I hope they do make a lasagna because they like mom and dad. So that was a frozen lasagna, but since then they've yeah. upgraded and oh, they they, sure. they make it from scratch and it, they really go all out. And I mean, it's that, good. the credit goes to dad. I mean, yeah. he is he knows how to make that kind of stuff yeah. real well, and it's just his uh, sauces, his marinara sauces are great. Yeah. They're sweet. That's the that's tasty. The yeah. Yeah. Dad's good. <laughs> that's good cook. So that's definitely, I think for both of us, that's like our yeah. thing, you know? All right. So we got another let one. Me, let me also, dad's a good cook. Yeah. Sparked it a thought in my head. And cause somebody asked about, do I cook? Listen, me cooking, this is what I would cook. I boil chicken. Ah. Uh. Yeah. That's how bad of a cook I am. So you don't want me cooking. What? When I, when I was, uh, when I used, when I lost all that weight, I used to work out all the time and I was watching what I eat because I was careful of that stuff. Yeah. I boiled chicken. I would put chicken in a fry pan with water and I'd boil it, not in a pot, just in a fry pan. And then I would take the chicken and I'd put it on a salad and I'd pour the juices of the chicken on top of the salad. That's disgusting. I liked it, but everybody says it's disgusting. So you don't want me making that's dinner. There's no cooking dude. from Tony. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank God Lindsay cooks for you, man. Yeah, that's seriously. disgusting. All right. So <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that, but <laughs> let's get on to this next one we got from Thomas. Um, Thomas asks, uh, been thinking about this for a while. If time travel is possible, did Hitler come to power because a time traveler killed someone he thought was worse or more evil than Hitler, but wasn't really? Hmm. Yeah, I another like time it. travel question. I like your thoughts, yeah. bro. I mean, there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing I could prove or disprove that that theory, but it's something to think about. I mean, it, but again, if there's somebody, if this time travel is possible, and and people can see 
all of time, once time travel is possible, you can see all of time, then, I mean, would you not see the rise of Hitler then after your actions and then go back and take out Hitler too? And then if you take out Hitler, would somebody else rise? Because I, I, I think that no matter what, there has to be a Hitler. There has to be somebody that's going to uh, rise and do what he did. Mm. Um, biblical prophecy wise, I yeah. think that's the case. Yep. All right. That's a pretty good answer. I like that. That's a good question too. Interesting. So we got another one here. Um, and this one is from... I don't know. Uh, solo. I don't know. Solo vlogs or something. Okay. Anyway, let's go with this. Uh, this is a young man. He's 17 years old from. Hold P- on. Hold on. He's 17? Yeah. Man, see, I, I feel old sometimes because, like, when I'm at work and stuff, these, these kids, they, on the dock, they, I say kids, they're early 20s and they listen to the newer hip hop stuff. And I'm like, this sucks, dude. And they're like, what do you like? I'm like, I like 50 Cent, Eminem. They're like, oh, that's old school. And I'm like, old school? <laughs> What? Dude, yeah, it's <laughs> so I mean transitioned quickly. Yeah, so I, I started feeling old and stuff. So the fact that I got a seventeen-year-old guy listening to me, man, shout out to you, brother. Now that now that I read the you know first couple of words here, his name is Anton. So thank Anton. you for that. My bad, Anton, my so man, young man, seventeen years old. Seventeen. Uh, his question for you is uh, what should, as Christians, uh, we do to protect ourselves from all the evil in the world, uh, like the paranormal and Bigfoot and Dogman. As Christians protect, uh, well, uh, uh, for like paranormal do- dogman Bigfoot stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, it all depends on how you want to view those things, right? I mean, so if you're viewing it as a supernatural spiritual force, then the, as a Christian, I would say the best thing you can do is pray against it. And sure. we, we, I. I We've heard that on on countless encounters, not just on this show, but other people's shows where they come across a dog man and they, they claim the name of Jesus and it's gone. It runs. It's like there's something that there's something to this that there's a there's a spiritual aspect to this. Um, but as a Christian, I mean, pray up and be well read. Yeah, be well read. Sure. Understand, yeah. understand, you know, who who you stand with and what what that means. Um you know, I, I said this on my my Twitter the other day, and this was more towards the idea of uh, I'd say conspiratorial um, and uh, governmental kind of thing, and where I believe the world is going. But it, the idea behind it is uh, it, it pertains. I, I think the same here. Uh, I said if you're worried that your government is beginning to resemble a dystopia, because I believe that you know. Listen, listen, if anybody listening right now, if you want, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I started a new Instagram page just for conspiratorial. Like this, the, the, the point of that Instagram page is dystopia. I believe we're heading towards dystopia and the things that I post on there, I think are leading our pieces of the road to dystopia. Uh, so the, the Instagram is rage against dystopia. And uh, it, so I'm very big on this idea. But I, I said, if you're worried that your government is beginning to resemble a dystopia, then your first act of resistance should always be to open a book. A well-read population is the most terrifying thing to any totalitarian. Did I say that right? Totalitarian. Thank you. Totalitarian. There's some words that I just can't spit out right. It drives me nuts. But totalitarian. Say it for me. Totalitarian. Regime. Thank you very much. I can say it in my head, but for my lips and tongue to say some words, I just have a hard (laughs) time. But the idea behind that 
is what I would say this guy should implement. It's like uh, you you identify the enemy, like in this here, it's the government resembling a dystopia. And so what's the course of action? Being well-read, being well-informed, because that's the worst worst thing you could do and so if like you're dealing with spiritual attacks then you need to be well read to understand the team you play on and what that involves and how you can combat so uh read up yeah good question from anton yeah 17 Um, shout out to him yeah appreciate it uh so we got the last one here of the whole shebang uh let's wrap it up here with kimberly and kimberly asks what is the most significant event this year with regards to biblical prophecy in your opinion. Mm. Wow. What do you think? You know more about biblical prophecy than I do. I don't know if I go that far. Um, there's a lot of things happening this year. And um, I don't know if necessarily there'd be any any one event. There's a lot, you know, it, it also depends on what you're looking at in biblical prophecy as to what you're expecting to roll out right now. You know, we see this whole push for the, you know, vaccines and, um, you know, what we're seeing with the masks and just government uh, being able to control populations on a large scale, not yeah. just in the, in America, but, you know, across the world. Um, there's manipulation of media. There's just that hack that happened from Russia, you know, recently in, you know, the past nine months in almost all of our, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like CIA, NSA, all that yeah. junk. Um, you know, there's a lot of things happening. And then when you go into biblical prophecy and you're looking at things like what's going to happen in the end times, you know, we have things laid out for us in sometimes what we think is confusing, um, in confusing ways. And especially if we're trying to figure out where to look for these specific prophecies to unroll. Um, and what I've learned and what I've, you know, in conversations with pastor and with, you know, uh, guys at, at the church and even just looking things up online, um, there's multiple angles that a lot of people have looked at. You know, we people look at the Roman Empire and they'll look at the, you know, uh, Seleucid Empire. They'll look at um, even what's America, if it's from the, the perspective of America, from Revelation and things like that. Um, now, <laughs> I don't mean to ramble about all that, but that's to preface that. Um, the most significant thing this year, I, I would say, is just what we're seeing on a larger scale than just America or China or India or any of those other countries. Um, we're seeing masses of people willing to be manipulated and um, not maybe manipulated is a little you know harsh of a word, but they're being you know willing to put their lives in government's hands. Um, and when we hear from Thessalonians is there's going to be a great delusion that comes over the greater you know, world population. Um, and that could be the beginning of what we see as the great delusion. Um, but moreover, there's so many things happening. If you look at biblical prophecy, what you know we believe, at least you know, pastor, myself, and a few other people, is that there's the Middle East is where you'll see it. The king of the north is what's supposed to be from Daniel uh, as where the Antichrist comes from. And the king of the north is in the area of Turkey and Syria and Lebanon. Um, and that's an area that right now is in, I would say, unstable grounds. Yeah. But the Turkish uh, president there uh, is someone that has been, uh, someone we've been keeping our eye on, I should say. It's not, not to say that he would be the Antichrist, yeah. but that there's a lot of things that are unraveling over there in that area, in that region of the world that are very interesting. So yeah. that's my two and, cents. And it's, I think it's interesting because when you hear about people talking about end times, prophecies, revelation, how it's all going to fold out, who to look to, um, 
pastor's teachings on with with the like right now the focal point on looking at the at, at turkey uh, i don't i've never I, I don't think i've ever heard anybody else talk like that have you yeah so not on a grand scale most of uh i would say most biblical scholars are, or at least a greater number of them uh it's a greater number than a majority have looked at uh, the roman empire um and they would say that it was uh, started with what do you call it um what's his name Alexander the Great, his empire that he took over, he was Greek, um, but it was basically in that area. And that's why in Daniel 7, or not Daniel 7, in Daniel you have the prophecy of the, um, or the dreams of the, the toes on the, on the statue. You also have the ram's head, you know, that had the, the horn and everything, the horns come up, right? And you have a interpretation which could be either the Greek or the Roman. And uh, this is something a pastor just mentioned to me the other day is that uh, if you look at it and take both of those, Right, it could be a Roman and a Greek empire. So anyway, all that being said is that um, a lot of people look at Alexander the Great and how his empire split up, and it split up into seven kingdoms. But then it eventually got fought down to four, and mm-hmm. that's where they'll get you know the king of the north, king of the, you know south, and so on. Yeah, uh, those four kingdoms. Um, now that's really in depth biblical prophecy at times, um, and, it can, and even for me, I, I do not understand everything at all. Yeah. Um, and this has been something that I've looked into this whole year, and I've had conversations with all those guys. But uh, as far as understanding that, it, it's tough, and it, you have to really want to understand it, I guess, to, yeah. to look into it and everything. So, um, I, I would say for me, uh, I think that. So I think there's two things that I really take away. Uh, one is in Revelation, uh, America isn't talked about there is no description of america unless you want to say that america is one of the countries that turn their face from god that's described but uh other than that there's no resemblance of america so it just kind of tells me that uh, america when these things happen is not part of the equation if it even exists i think that america is going to be uh greatly diminished in its uh, world power and looking around this year seeing what's happening uh it seems like we're on that path now like we're really starting to see like charlie's book says the controlled demolition of the american empire american empire exactly and uh so i I think think that we have people like Charlie seeing it, describing it. And I, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I don't think Charlie's a Christian, so I don't think he looks at biblical prophecy. But as somebody who, who like we do, it really falls in line with what he talks about in his book. Right. And uh, so there, there's that aspect of things where it's like when you're a kid, when I was a kid growing up, I was like, I could never see America falling from the world stage as the world power. It's like we're, we're too powerful. There's, we would never relinquish that. And then you have uh, people like, I think I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said that, um, and this is just more of a paraphrase, but he said that uh, nobody can come and take uh, your American freedoms from you. Uh, if America loses its freedoms, it's because they gave it away. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's what we're experiencing right sure now. Sure is, yeah. On an accelerated rate. And so there's that aspect of things. Uh, but also, um, so... I don't think the vaccine is the mark of the beast, like some people say. Right, they I think agree it with is. you. Uh, but I do see the um, willingness to line up for such an experimental thing uh, that really has a lot of question marks behind it for for the ability to live a more comfortable setting of life. Uh, I, I see that uh, the amount of people who are willing to line up for such a thing uh, tells me that I can, I can see the pathway to people's uh, psychological state to being willing to accept such a market beast when that time comes. Well, 
if I may, the the thing that I think would be the impetus for the vaccine being that was the mask to begin with. It was people being willing to take that yeah. mask on to go yeah. in to buy things to a store or to, you know, walk around wherever they're at, um, depending on how people viewed that. And then you have the vaccine, which is also being used as now that, you know, you can't travel if you don't have. A, they're saying oh, that. No, not, not no, necessarily. they're dead serious. They're yeah, dead but, serious about it. But that's something that could happen. No, no travel, no buying, no happen. being able to go somewhere, even cross state boundary. You know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen? Who but knows? the point is just that. Yeah, it started there. It started from the you willingness. You described my dystopian wet dream. Yeah, yeah, that's a good <laughs> point, yeah. But actually, if I could real quick, I think I neglected to say one of the things that's probably the most important that's happened this year that we've seen is the willingness of many Middle Eastern countries uh, to well, yep, to peace. welcome in... What? The peace. Yeah, yeah, to start welcoming in uh, Israel with peace, with open arms. Um, maybe not with open arms, but at least allowing peace to become a thing. Mm. Um, and we've heard... You know, many of those countries that we never thought would, would you know, even be willing to go ahead and, and offer up peace with Israel, uh, starting to, you know, be uh, open to that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's more to come. And that's actually biblical as well. It's a prophecy that's going to happen. There will be peace and safety. And people will say that before the end, you know, of time, you know, for at least for the rapture and everything. Um, and that's something that we're seeing unfold. And we don't know what's going to happen, how long it's going to take, what yeah. the actual uh, timetable is. And that's not for us to know to begin with. We'll just see what we're seeing and that's what we're seeing yeah it's really interesting stuff and that's a good question um and you know it's a it's a rabbit hole it really is a rabbit hole uh, but never in my entire life have i ever felt that i could see god coming back in my lifetime until 2020 hit like honestly i mean i really um it's the first time i ever felt like i could see a path to that and uh growing up and stuff even in my adult life, I was like, you know, there's been there's been people saying God's coming back for, you know, centuries, you know, uh, in 1918, when the flu hit, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, God's coming back It's the end of the world. World War One, World War Two. And it didn't happen. But there were people who believed in God who were convinced that that was the time. But uh, I'm starting to feel like uh, I could see it happening in my lifetime, but also like you, you and I just described and you did a really good job on some of these things. Uh, we're starting to see the pathway become clear. Uh, before it was more hysteria of people saying, ah, the world's ending, World War One, World War Two, the flu, right. the plague, you know, but now we're starting to see, um, biblical prophecy line up with the path that the world is on and when those two things are coming together and the environment that we're in it's like ooh, this is unique you know and that's yeah. why it's like wow well you know maybe <laughs> maybe it's almost time and uh if not i'm gonna I, listen i'm not saying I'm not the kind of person that, you know, if I think that God's coming back uh, soon, that I'm going to let my responsibilities go. Like, I'm going to act like I'm going to be dying here on this earth. I'm going to act like I'm going to see my kids grow up. I'm going to grow old and die, hopefully uh, a quick death because I don't want to be slow and painful. But, um, you know, I'm planning on that. But shoot, man, uh, I'm down for the other option, too. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. What do we got? Anything else? That's it. That was the last one. Kimberly wrapped it up Ooh. for us there. Wow. Long show. Long show. This is, I think this is one of the longest shows I'm ever going to put out. Um, 
you know, you, you told me that there was going to be a lot of questions and I was like, okay. And I was like, uh, initially I was like, all right, we're going to rapid fire this. And it's like, I can't do that. I'm yeah, not, you're not that kind of person. No, no, I'm not. So, um, I'm sure I said some things that maybe frustrated people. And, uh, I just, uh, I'm sorry if I did, it's Mary, it's, it's Christmas time. So, uh, just, you know, we're just here having conversation and, you know, here's the thing though. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And mm-hmm. that's what I pride my show on is that I let people come on and share their opinions. So uh, I would appreciate the same courtesies. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Hopefully this, uh, this show kind of gave you something to listen to while you're driving around visiting family. If you're doing that this year, uh, I know we will be doing such things and enjoying the company of our family and loved ones. Yeah. Um, but you know, tis the season to uh, acknowledge and recognize why we celebrate Christmas and uh, it's not for Santa Claus it's not for sharing presents but it's uh, it's the reason for this season as a Christian it's a Christian holiday is because we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and it's um, it, that that's the real real for you I mean I don't get into the commercialized part of the season. Like I said, in the beginning of the show, I never enjoyed it. And that was before I was a Christian. I never enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, and I still don't really enjoy it. Uh, but I do uh, take special pride and consideration to why we do Christmas. Um, and it's for Christ. And so uh, if you listen to this show and we said something that really kind of hit home for you and sparked something in your head and you're like, you know what? Uh, what Jack just said there, because Tony doesn't make sense on anything he says, but what Jack just <laughs> said there uh, really has me thinking. If you got something, go ahead and shoot us an email. And uh, if you need, if you want to you know, ask some questions along faith lines, uh, we'd be happy to converse with you. Um, you know, Jack can communicate. I can communicate or Lindsay can. Uh, Lindsay, like I said earlier, does a lot of the emails and stuff, but, um, you know, she reads them to me and we discuss things. So, I mean, you know, we I'll, I'll get your email. Uh, shoot us an email if you got anything though because you know i think it's important for me to uh open that up for people if you if you have any kind of things you're like you know what jack said something that really made me think that maybe there is a god uh we'd be down to talk to you about it for sure i agree man and you know his number (laughs) (laughs) and if you don't just find that episode yeah just find that episode i'm sure somebody knows it (laughs) that's true yeah all right guys merry christmas merry christmas
place in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Bridge. Given the choice between the two of you, I take the seasick crocodile.
five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes of glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Stories in every store But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be On your own front door Come on. 